And the Oscar goes and to... And the Oscar goes and the Oscar to... Goes to. My only object in being here is to try and get at the truth. What shall I go? What shall I do? He's looking at you, kid. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I could have been a contender. Fasten your seat. I could have been somebody. They can only kill me with a golden bullet. What have I done? Call me Mr. Tibbs. I'm gonna make him an offer. Yeah. All real man. Love is, is love. too weak a word. Stay back. I love you. I love you. I love you. I did as you Don't laugh! If there's something wrong, it's wrong with the instructions. This ain't reality TV! Respect it and validate it. Remember that you told me? It's time, Robbie! Welcome to the next Best Picture Podcast. And the Oscar goes to Green Book. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 176 of the next Best Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Neglia. Time of recording, well, for me right now, on the West Coast, 7.23 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I am your host, Matt Neglia. Join me today for this really, really, really special podcast is Michael Schwartz. Hello, everyone. Tom O'Brien. I am not responsible for what I'm going to say because it's 723 a.m. Exactly. <laughs> Cody Derricks. Good morning. Casey Lee Clark. Hello. Josh Parham. Hello, hello. And Rebecca Daniel. Hey. All right, everyone. So we're all accounted for. We're all here. Um, if you're all wondering right now, why is Matt Neglia's voice three octaves lower right now? Um, it's because I am on the West Coast for the first time ever in my life. I uh, visited L.A. I'm here for the Critics' Choice Awards, which are taking place later today. And I'm staying with Will Mavity. Yes, he does exist. Yes, he is still involved with, Def- with Next Best Picture. He's let me stay over at his place, and there are some uh, hazard effects that come along with that sometimes. <laughs> so, there you go. But we're still here. We're still accounted for. I do want to say that, um, unfortunately, because of the hazard effects of being a uh, guest with uh, Mr. Mar- Mr. Mavity, um, I don't have a weekly poll this week. I do have the MVP Film Community Award nominations, but I don't have them organized. So I can't rattle those off off air today. I will release those this week, though, uh, so that this way you guys will know what your nominations are. Um, And I also do not have any trailers to discuss. Instead, this podcast is all about award season. This podcast is one of the big ones. This is one of the podcasts that we look forward to all year long. This podcast is our final Oscar nomination predictions. They are taking place this Monday at 5.18 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for me, first time ever, Um, instead of 8 in the morning. But, you know, hey, listen, it's cool. I'm happy to be here right now. Uh, But we're going to actually, before we get to our Oscar nomination predictions, we have a couple of things to go over. Uh, First and foremost, the Golden Globes were held last week, hosted by Ricky Gervais, where 1917 won Best Picture in a Drama. And Best Musical Comedy went to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. For those that weren't on our immediate podcast uh, reaction episode, I want to just go around really quick. What did you guys think of the show? And do you think that the winners of that show changed anything in the Oscar race? Well, I thought the show was fine. I mean, I'm not the biggest Ricky Gervais fan of, of him hosting things right now, but he was like, whatever. I just sort of quickly forgot. Um in terms of the winners, obviously, it was a really nice boost to 1917, especially with that movie going wide right now. 
I don't know if I'm in the position to say it's like, like going to win Best Picture because I still see some roadblocks to it, but it certainly got a boost. And I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is still out in front to me. I didn't see anything that happened during the Globes that would convince me otherwise. Yeah, I feel kind of similarly. Uh, it was a fairly predictable show, I thought. The only awards I got wrong, actually, were Everything Involving 1917, which was yeah, Picture same. and Director, yeah. and then Score, which I predicted to go to 1917. Otherwise, I kind of I think we all did pretty well. Uh, the acting winners, I think, solidified what we're all expecting. I think this maybe could be another year like 2017 where it's just the same winners for every televised award. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. We shall see what maybe like specifically BAFTA might do differently, but otherwise, I think it's um, all kind of lining up now. Yeah, it's it's it putting 1917 into the conversation, which you really hadn't talked about that much. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but you know, I I think without an acting nomination or likely a writing nomination, it probably is not going to take the big prize. But at least we're talking about it, so that's good. No, I agree with that. If it gets a screenplay nomination, watch out. So more on that later. <laughs> Yeah, all my winners, I felt like, was either somebody that I predicted or somebody where I was like, I could see that happening with the exception of the 1917 boost, which was still warranted. So, I genuinely do hope that we don't get the same four acting winners, though. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting yeah. that. Once, like, Jennifer Lopez lost, I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> well, I mean, if she was going to win anywhere, she'd win at the Globes. And exactly. now it just feels like Dern is going to Mahershala Ali her way through the rest of the season. It yeah. seems like. Yeah. Maybe we'll get something exciting tonight in one of those categories. I think so. I think if it's going to happen anywhere, it would be here. Although uh, somebody did mention to me that there could be a uh, a wave of support for one of the Irishman guys at SAG over Brad Pitt. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Well, because Joe Pesci's never won a SAG award and Al Pacino's SAGs are for TV only. So right. The SAGs yeah. do like to make up their own blind spots. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Organization. I'm still waiting to see ScarJo take actress. I think that's still very possible as well. Yeah. You know, the idea of Renee right now is just predict her to win at every show until she doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I kind of feel like she's the most vulnerable of the four. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. I, of, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the Globes. I went back and I rewatched them and I liked it more in a rewatch than I did uh, in the moment. I think because when you're following film Twitter and you're looking at everybody's reactions to everyone else in the evening, there tends to be like just this negative cloud that hangs mm-hmm. over everything it is that you're trying to enjoy. So um, just watching it a second time without paying attention to the social media just did wonders for me. Like I enjoy, I even enjoyed Ricky Gervais a little bit more, which I was like not expecting at all because the first time around I did not like it. I thought he was really funny. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, he's not coming back next year. <laughs> they, they rushed that out quickly. Didn't yeah. They? <laughs> Amy Poehler and Tina Fey are going to be hosting next year. God. How exciting is that? That'll be fun. Hello, everyone. This is JD from the In Session Film Podcast. Each week, we review the latest from Hollywood, California. Well, yes, Brendan. We also give top three lists. Okay. Yeah. Thanks again, Brendan. Additionally, you can hear us talk other movie news, trailers, varying movie series, or other interesting film-related topics, and even rants and raves of the week. That's correct, Brendan. On top of our main show, every Friday, you can also hear our extra film podcasts. Good job, Brendan. Thank you, JD. It's my goal to make you proud. You're the father, after all. (laughs) Yes, and I'm very proud. Uh, You can listen to the In Session Film podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or at InSessionFilm.com. 
Brendan, will you please let me complete just one? Nope. Oh, for heaven's sake. Listen to the In Session Film Podcast every Monday and Friday. Subscribe today and hear me verbally beat JD like a Cherokee drum. No, 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 no. That's not how this works, sir. Hey, no, you, you, no, no, you no. go cry at Midnight Special again, oh, okay? okay? That's what you're I good will. for. I will. You know what? And I'll do it while pummeling you. I'll do both at the same time. How are you going to pummel me? Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't buy it that. That's just how it works. <laughs> All right, so moving on from the Golden Globes, for those that want to hear more, you can listen to our immediate podcast reaction episode. Uh, that's something that we're doing this season. Uh, specifically, we're trying something out. We're releasing immediate reactions to uh, major award shows via uh, the Patreon podcast. So for $1 minute, of a month. If you subscribe to that, you'll get those episodes in full. Speaking of reactions, uh, we had a lot of Guild nominations this week. Like a lot. Like the major ones. So first and foremost, I want to talk about WGA. Uh, the WGA nominees for original screenplay are 1917, Booksmart, Knives Out, Marriage Story, and Parasite. And then for adapted screenplay, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, and Little Women. The winners will be announced on February 1st. What did we think of the nominees here? I think, again, another nice boost for 1917. Um, but also, once again, we have to remember movies like One Spot Time in Hollywood and The Farewell weren't eligible. And here, the two posts was an original and not adapted. So you should take that into account when you make your predictions. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I suspect that uh, 1917 and Booksmart will be bumped for the two that Josh mentioned. I agree. Yeah. I suspect that, but I'm not so sure if I'm going to predict that. More on that later. Oh. All right. Uh, I do think A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood showing up and adapted is curious. It makes me wonder if that film um, and Dark Waters, which got a USC nomination, if those two are spoilers to upset something that feels a little bit more safe in that category. I think it just solidifies Beautiful Day's spot as like the number six slash only other alternative in that category. What an honor to be number six. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving over to another guild now. Visual Effects Society nominations were announced this week. And, I mean, they were, you know, pretty all over the place for the most part because they have so many different types of categories. But the main ones, the main ones I want to highlight here, Outstanding Visual Effects in a Photo Real Feature went to um, Alita Battle Angel, Avengers Endgame, Gemini Man, The Lion King, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. And then Supporting Visual Effects in a Photo Real Feature went to 1917, The Aeronauts, Ford v. Ferrari, Joker, and the Irishman. Now, there's actually something kind of interesting here where I feel like this is the first time where our front runners are actually in the supporting visual effects category because mm-hmm. usually they're in the, the main one, the photo reel. But I feel like we're mostly looking at the Irishman in 1917 for this category. And that's, you know, they're in the supporting category this time. And part of the reason for that is because of the corresponding Best Picture nominations that they will carry with them. Exactly, which yeah. the photo reel, the, the major one, that category just doesn't have this year. Mm-hmm. It's great too that the, I mean, Alita Battle Angel is really showing up. I agree. I, I wasn't that big of a fan of that movie, but I will admit that the visual effects in that are pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean that's kind Can of. I just say, yeah, that I have had Alita Battle Angel in my visual effects predictions since February fifteenth of last year. Hang your hat on that, Michael. Keep hang off. Mm-hmm. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Here come the snaps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Alrighty. Uh, another guild this week. Producers Guild of America. PGA. Big one. Winners will be announced on January 18th. The 10 films nominated for Outstanding Feature Theatrical Motion Picture are 1917, Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Knives Out, Little Women, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. No surprises. Right? Yeah. 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 Yep. If you're going to go with 10, those are the 10. I mean, I want to just clarify also. We'll get into this in a little bit when we do our best, best picture uh, predictions, but there's no such thing as ever getting 10 nominees with the preferential ballot. Yeah. Mathematically, it's almost impossible. Practically impossible. No, no, no. Let me, let, let me backtrack. It is impossible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I would say, I mean, uh, spoiler alert for our predictions later. I mean, guys, if you're predicting nine nominees, which, which is the one that you're removing here? Knives out. Knives out. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. I think. Easily. Yeah, love it, but it's no. Right, it only has the potential for one other nomination, realistically. Well, and, and in yeah. that case, you have to predict it to do something like a serious mandate. Screenplay, picture, and that's it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. That, but that was a year of straight 10, too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, a little tricky, a little tough. Um, I do want to mention that the outstanding producer of animated theatrical motion pictures uh, went to... Abominable, Frozen 2, How to Train Your Dragon, Hidden World, Missing Link, and Toy Story 4, uh, where the documentary awards for the PGA, uh, which were previously announced, uh, went to Advocate, American Factory, Apollo 11, The Cave, Forsama, Honeyland, and One Child Nation. Um, In the animated feature realm, No, I Lost My Body, Mm. Which I think is very uh, predictable, considering that these five that they mentioned are the big studio movies that were like you know box office hits. So yeah, they rarely go for art house at the PGA with their animated features. Right, right. Uh, in the documentary realm, um, I haven't I haven't seen Advocate. Has anyone here seen that? No, no, I haven't. I, no, I haven't. I had an opportunity to, but then it went away. So I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing I'm just really curious about is I am curious about the cave uh, getting mentioned quite a few times in the season when Forsama feels like it is um, the more heavy favorite in this category. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll be very curious to see if both of them make it in or just one or the other. But more on that in a minute. <laughs> All right. So then also, too. Oh, man. This was fun. Film Twitter was so civil about this. Directors Guild of America nominations were announced. Uh, so the five nominees for Best Director uh, were Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, Sam Mendes from 1917, Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Taika Watiti for Jojo Rabbit. Very nice surprise. Yeah, also really unhelpful. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Jojo Rabbit now has PGA, DGA, WGA, and SAG for ensemble nominations. Just wanted to throw that out there. Mm -hmm. It is very much in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's going to get in for Best Picture. And we'll get to the BAFTA nominations in a second and say how how it did there. Um. I always love looking at the first-time director lineup. That is something that, for me, I'm always just like, ooh, this is exciting. And I thought they had a really strong lineup this year with Matty Diop for Atlantics, Alma Harrell for Honey Boy, Melina Matsukis for Queen and Slim, Tyler Nilsson, and 
Michael Schwartz for <laughs> The Peanut Butter Falcon. Thank you. Oh, and <laughs> Joe Talbot for The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Awesome lineup. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Great. Damn right. That's awesome. Everybody was commenting <laughs> on how diverse, interesting that lineup was and how strong the films were. And, well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if anything changes come tomorrow. Uh, and then I, I want to mention really quick before we get into the BAFTA nominations here that we're not providing that much commentary right now uh, because I don't want to spoil our Oscar predictions for, you know, just in a few minutes here. So if you guys are underwhelmed by the fact that we're mentioning these stuff, but we're not providing a lot of commentary, trust me, there's more to come. Uh, then the uh, BAFTA nominations. Oh, boy. Wow. Mm. Um, Nothing controversial at all about them. No. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. And again, extremely unhelpful. You know, I stayed up until like three in the morning or whatever it was uh, this day when the nominations were announced. And it was the most underwhelming experience of my life. Uh, I was not at all surprised by anything that happened. I didn't get any help in the categories I needed help in. (laughs) And I was very disappointed by the fact that the acting nominations were all, uh, you know, white people with no diversity to speak of whatsoever. And I was just very underwhelmed just in general, overall, by the BAFTA nominations. I'm sure you all felt the same to a certain degree. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One big takeaway now is Joker led the BAFTA nominations with 11 nominations. It kind of just ties into the thing we've been hearing a lot, which is like Europeans really love that movie and don't have the same holdups that uh, people in America have been um, talking about. And I mean, it started with the golden lion of Venice and it ended with BAFTA giving 11 nominations. So yeah, Yeah. they have a bit of a distance from, from what the subject matter is, I think uh, in terms of being uh, really talking about, uh, what life was like in the 1980s and and the, the racial tension that was going on then and still goes on. Uh, Jesse Buckley showed up for Best Actress for Wild Rose. That was awesome. Yeah, I love her in that movie, but I think you could clearly look at that as like, you know, a hometown advantage and, yeah. I you know, oh, that's yeah. not going to translate yeah. anywhere else. Well, let me, ask you, let me ask you this question. Do we feel the same way about Jonathan Price in Best Actor? That could happen. Yeah. It's more likely, but I think a lot of us were predicting that prior, you know, that that was like if something's going to show up at BAFTA, that that would be it. So It's also really surprising that Jesse Buckley got, and I called it the same thing, the hometown girl slot when Cynthia Revo is right there. I know. Yeah. yeah. That was shocking. I'm, I'm much more of a whew. contender. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's almost like they kind of went out of their way to <laughs> be who they were like this, that. this week. I mean, yeah, it's like, do you need to nominate Margot Robbie twice? Like, <laughs> yeah. At a certain point, it does sort of almost feel like you're not even like doing this accidentally anymore. Right? Yeah, not they've being, got an issue going it. on there. I mean, Denzel Washington doesn't have a single nomination, and you know yeah. we talked about that last week. I always say this every single year, and I maintain this. I mean, I would love to hear some thoughts from you all on what you think, but I think the only way to ever solve this is to have something like Letterboxed where there is a record that shows which films people watched. Well, I mean, they could even still be watching something like Harriet 
or I don't know, the farewell and just purposely be ignoring it in the nominations. But I don't you even can't know necessarily watch yeah, it. But if they're already a member, there's nothing you could do about that. You know, yeah. I mean, you could call them out for it. Sure. But we're going to I mean, I, like it's like it's like it's like, hey, listen, I think you're being racist. No, I just didn't like these movies. Yeah. And it's like, well, fuck. Now what? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah I think there's got to. No, go ahead. Well, no, Casey. I was just about to make the argument that, like, oh, those are very American movies. And then I'm like, wait, no, so is Hollywood and Irishman. So, like, that doesn't even exactly. compute. Exactly. So then it's like, you know, you're picking and choosing what type of quote unquote American films you're supporting. Basically. Yeah, it was Joker. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of interesting to see how BAFTA had to scramble to explain this. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you could tell that they were definitely freaked out a little bit. Um, and rightfully so, I think. Um, I don't know if I agree with how they handled the reaction. It's like they, the word, it's like the phrasing that they use. They try to blame it on the industry, but it's like, yo, guys, you are the industry. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Their explanation, I, I mean, I get they got to put something out, but yeah, to continue this idea that, well, you know, we go by whatever you give us. It's like, no, it, that doesn't work anymore. And especially for an organization that has had a reputation a long time for this being an issue, mm-hmm. like they really do need to make an actual effort to, you know, I don't know if that means doing what the Academy did and opening up their membership more or having some kind of initiative to get these films campaign more, but they really do need to change this because it's really bad now. It's 2020. We need to. We need yeah, to it's bad. It. And you know what's going to happen? I guarantee you next year there'll be one uh, acting nominee that's a person of color and they'll be like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, all solid. Well, that's kind that of happened last year with Viola Davis and Widows. We all were like, oh, okay, surprising. Good job, BAFTA. And then now we're back to this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, let's get consistency first, even if it is just one, two, whatever it is. And then we'll focus on getting more, you know, once we've established consistency. But we can't even establish that. It's not even a matter of following every single award show to the T, but there were because there were plenty of options this year. I will say this. I will say that BAFTA does have a historical uh, record of getting a a director, a film, a performance, a nomination somewhere. And then that person does end up becoming the spoiler in the Oscar predictions. So... That's one thing that I've historically looked at BAFTA for is who is the Gary Oldman and Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy? Who is the Javier Bardem and Beautiful? You know, things Mm -hmm. like that. So uh, with that said, speaking of predictions, uh, we do have a predict the 25th Critics Choice Award winners contest. By the time you're listening to this, I I don't know. Listen, if you if you if it's still up and you have time to fill that out, by all means, please fill it out. But I would love there to be a record uh, saying, you know, which films won at Critics' Choice tonight. So I'm going to just put this out there really quick. Um, yeah. So, you know, for Best Original Score, um, Michael Abels for Us, Alexander Desplat for Little Women, Hildor, Gut- I'm going to get this right, Gut- Gutier. No, not, not right. We'll get there. Joker, uh, Randy Newman for Marriage Story, Thomas Newman for 1917, and Robbie Robertson for The Irishman. What are you guys picking? I'm still with Newman, although yeah. once again the Joker score is right there. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm thinking Joker. I think if Joker wins here. That's when you can slide it into the top slot for predictions. Yeah. After seeing 1917, I just think Newman's score is so incredible. I don't know how it couldn't win. It's just amazing. Yeah. 
I think Newman wins this, and I think he wins BAFTA. And I think that's all he needs. Yeah. yeah, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. And listen, nothing, nothing against Hilda. Like she won the Golden Globe, and it was really nice to watch a female composer win. Like it was great, you know. I just, I, I hope that we're not picking Joker to win just because she is a female composer. That's what I hope. And I remember even when the film came out, the score and Joaquin were the two things that even people who hated the movie were begrudgingly like. These two things are undisputably great. So. I know it is winning based on merit, at least, which is nice. Um, but guys, Thomas Newman has been nominated yeah. fourteen right. times, <laughs> and he hasn't yeah, won. Exactly. <laughs> he, he was—he's—he's he's nearing the point where Randy was you know, yeah. before he finally. Won. True. Yeah. Best original song: uh, Glasgow, No Place Like Home from Wild Rose. I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man. I'm Standing With You from Breakthrough, Into the Unknown from Frozen 2, Speechless from Aladdin, Spirit from The Lion King, and Stand Up from Harriet. Elton. Yeah, that really solidified itself with its Golden Globe speech, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, and, and that see, was like, yeah. They had a great moment up there, and I think that like helped propel a campaign for a category that didn't really have a narrative. So It was really smart of them to say... Yeah, the and, and the thing is that voters are likely at the age where they would appreciate an Elton Bernie reunion on stage. Yeah, yeah. it was really smart of them to say we've never won an award together because it kind of made Bernie go, "Oh, what? Let's change that." So I think yeah. they kind of wrote their own narrative there. Best foreign language film: Atlantics, Les Misérables, Pain and Glory, Parasite, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Next. Um, Next. Yeah. yeah, I know. Best sci-fi or horror movie? Oh, just for those that you know, RV, you know uninitiated we're all predicting parasite uh best sci-fi or horror movie at astra avengers endgame midsummer us i think this is actually a little little hard to predict but i, I think it's gonna be us yeah, yeah i think it's pretty solid that's gonna be us yeah it's the class of the group michael uh yeah us I, you have avengers endgame on the site oh do i yeah oh, okay. <laughs> switching it all right best comedy Booksmart, Dolomite is my name, The Farewell, Jojo Rabbit, Knives Out. This is like a 50-50 split between uh, Jojo and Knives Out. Yeah. I went with Knives... I'm sorry, I went with Jojo Rabbit because of the best picture aspect. But what do you guys think? I went with Knives Out just because I feel like that movie... Yeah, it doesn't really have the same amount of best picture heat, but there's just so much energy and love for that film, too, that... I agree with you, Matt. I think it's between those two and flip a coin and, you know, you can go flip, with either flip one. Flip a coin like Daniel Craig does in the movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, that, I don't know. That's a really, it's really tough, but I'm just, like I said, JoJo for me, it's like, if, when in doubt, always go with the best picture uh, front runner in the category. Maybe this is, um, like, uh, ignor- ignorant, mm-hmm. but... Uh, the fact that like Jojo has a lower critic score, even though it got in best picture, maybe the critics could rally behind knives out here since it's a place to vote for it. No, it's a good, I yeah, think that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. They'll, they'll go for it. Uh, best action movie, uh, 1917 Avengers Endgame, Ford V Ferrari, John Wick chapter three, Parabellum and Spider-Man far from home. Uh, we are resoundingly saying it's 1917. Um, Michael, once again, Avengers Endgame. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, you know, it has potential to show up somewhere, but after seeing what 1917 did this past weekend, I think I might do another little switcheroo. Yeah. Yeah. 
Best animated feature, Abominable, Frozen 2, How to Train Your Dragon in the Hidden World, I Lost My Body, Missing Link, and Toy Story 4. Most of us think it's going to be Toy Story 4. There are a few of us, Cody, Tom, hi, uh, that think it's going to be I Lost My Body. And then there are two of us, Amanda and Bianca, who think it will be Frozen 2. I think that if I Lost My Body is going to upset anywhere, it will be here. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And like, I mean, nobody seems excited about any of the other nominees. So I'm kind of doing the same thing we did at Golden Globes, which is Missing Link one, kind of because it was the only different thing in there. Right. So I'm yeah. thinking maybe I Lost My Body because of the critics like it. Yeah. And there's something exciting about I Lost My Body that the other ones really don't have. And I think it needs this win in order to be in contention to win Best Animated Feature because it's not nominated at BAFTA or anywhere else of note for the rest of the season. Yeah. yeah. I hope it does win. Yeah, if so, if it doesn't win here and Toy Story 4 wins, I think it's cakewalking its way to a win at the Oscars. Uh, agreed. Best visual effects. 1917, Ad Astra, Aerodots, Avengers Endgame, Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, and The Lion King. Did you all see this uh, featurette that Netflix put out on the visual effects of The Irishman recently? Mm-hmm. That, I was like, I watched that video, and it's like, listen, it's one thing to hear them say this. It's another thing to actually watch uh, the video reference and see like examples of what it is that they're talking about. Once I saw it, I was like, oh shit, like this is, I know people have issues with the Irishman VFX, but when you take into account the fact that they did something that literally no other movie has ever done before with the de-aging and everybody in this town is doing de-aging re- uh, lately, I I think problematic or not, I think Irishman wins. Yeah. I think so. It has the weight. Uh, shout out to Will, who's going with 1917. Very, very possible. Uh, Bianca, who's standing for Ad Astra still, even though it's oh, not on, yeah, even though it's not on the visual effects shortlist. I actually could see Critics Choice doing uh, Ad Astra as a statement. You know, they've done that before of like going for something that ended up not even getting on a shortlist. You yeah. know, that's yeah. And then uh, Michael and Rebecca, Avengers Endgame. Hey, listen, as a way to reward the franchise, I totally could see it. It could happen. Most visual effects equals best visual effects, right? <laughs> I find it funny that as the one who hasn't even seen the movie, I feel like I'm predicting it the most. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, I'm going to let our listeners process that information for a second. Hold on. That's okay. You process that to your listeners and get back to me. Best hair and makeup. Bombshell. Dolomite is my name. The Irishman. Joker. Judy. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Rocket Man. A bomb, bombshell, like it's gonna be yeah. literally yeah. no questions asked. It's astonishing. It is. This race literally died when Irishman did not make the shortlist for makeup and hair styling. It's like it's just bombshell the whole way through now. Yeah, I'm not particularly happy about that, but yeah, it is gonna be bombshell. I mean, and bombshell also won at the makeup and hairstyling guild, so uh, you know it's like all the signs are there. It's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Best costume design. Uh, Dolomite is my name, Rocket Man, Little Women, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Irishman, Downton Abbey. A little bit of a split here amongst a lot of us. Um, I'm personally going with Little Women, but I, like, honestly, it's a safe choice. I really, I, I like, I, I just don't know, in all honesty. Um, Tom, you have uh, Dolomite. Oh, God. I, I, you know, there's not, I cannot think of a, a single film beyond black exploitation films that have the 
colorful costumes that this one has. I, I and I admire Ruth Carter so much. Uh, Casey, Cody, and Rebecca, you guys have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of us have Irishmen. I'm sorry, Little Women. My bad. Uh, the exact opposite of that. <laughs> yeah. But I, I kind of feel like the spoiler here and the one thing that we're not expecting and something that could just kind of come up the middle is Rocket Man. I can see that. Happening. No, yeah, you're, yeah. So I'd say watch out there. But mm-hmm. this is a, this is one of those ones where um, I don't. I feel like on the Oscar side of things, we all don't know what is winning costumes, and I think we're going to look at CCA what wins tonight because I have a feeling that whatever wins tonight, people will kind of correlate uh, uh, correlate around that. You know what I mean for their yeah. uh, for their win. If they get, oh. you know, if if the what wins here gets nominated. Exactly. Although Little Women did not get nominated at the Costume Guild. Which I still attribute to late release. Yeah. I mean, I do too. I do too. But, you know, it's one thing to take into account. Right. Best film editing. Uncut Gems, Ford v. Ferrari, Parasite, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman, 1917. Tom. Tom, you're predicting Parasite to win this. I am, yeah. Um, I, I, I think the, the critical uh, consensus about Parasite is so strong that it could actually win this category. And if it wins this category at the Oscars, it's all over. I want to just say for the record, I actually do believe Ford v. Ferrari is going to win this, but I'm officially predicting the Irishman. All right. <laughs> well, I think the Irishman is going to do well in this category at the Critics' Choice, but I do think it'll be different at the Oscars. Let me just say for the record in regards to that, it was a complete mindfuck for me this year uh, casting my winners for Critics' Choice because of that whole, like, I want to vote for my favorites, but at the same time, my vote actually has sway. Do I want to try and impact the Oscar race? Am I trying to predict the Oscars? And I I wanted to say for the record, I did pick my favorites, but there was definitely a bit of a tug-of-war battle (laughs) in terms of, like, if I vote for this, this is what I really, really, like, feel like should win it, but... Like, this is not in contention for the Oscar at all. Like, do I want to, like, try and influence the race? Like, you know, there, there is a little bit of that that does uh, creep in a little. So it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting mindset. Um, but, yes, for the record, I did vote for my favorites. Best production design. Joker, 1917, Little Women, Parasite, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman, Downton Abbey. I mean, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has run the gauntlet this season in this category. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I imagine it's going to sweep all the way to the end. Same here. Like, if there's one thing I know for sure about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it is that it is winning Best Production Design at the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cinematography. The Lighthouse, 1917, Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Joker. Um, congr- yeah, the, Congratulations the, the, to everyone that loses yeah. to Roger Deakins. Moving on. Yeah. 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 Although, to say. something really curious about this category, very fast. Um, Jaron Blaschke for uh, The Lighthouse got a mention at ASC, got Critics' Choice, and got a BAFTA nomination. Yeah. More on that later. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it stands out among the uh, these nominees. Oh, yeah. Black and white always helps. Mm-hmm. Adapted screenplay. Little Women, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, The Two Popes, Joker, Jojo Rabbit, and The Irishman. Little Women. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit of a split here. Uh, between Steven Zalian for The Irishman and Greta Gerwig for Little Women. I think that it could go either way right now. Yeah, I think that because Little Women had such a good showing at CCA and it's only, you know, that was before it even came out where it's had this great box office resurgence. I think that this is a great place to honor that. 
I'm of the mindset that if the Irishman is going to have a good day anywhere, it's going to be at CCA, which is why I'm going with uh, Stephen Zalian. That's a fair point. It's such a solid script. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and say that's a really tough one. Uh, best original screenplay, speaking of tough. Um, Marriage Story, Knives Out, Parasite, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Farewell. Is anyone here still riding the Marriage Story train at this point? No. I am. I think, it, it, like you just said about Irishman, if it's going to have a good day anywhere, it's here. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, makes the per- it makes perfect sense, I think, for that film to do well at Critics' Choice. I'd like it to do well tonight. I really hope it does. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it is interesting, though, how it, it's gotten off the tracks in terms of its march towards awards. Yeah, like the momentum is just like kind of fizzled, right? Yeah, unfortunately. And, you know, except for Dern and maybe Driver, but I'm not quite sure. You know, it'll get picture, but I don't think Bombax is going to get director. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Uh, and Tom, I want to just point out again, you're an outlier. You're going with Parasite to win the original screenplay at CCA. It's a brilliant screenplay, I gotta say. So I'm voting my heart. Just remember, Tom, the best plan is no plan. So, <laughs> <laughs> best director Noah Baumbach for Marriage Story, Greta Gerwig for Little Women, Bong Joon Ho for Parasite, Sam Mendes for 1917, Josh and Benny Safdie for, for Uncut Gems, Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, and Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Michael. Yes. I see you have Scorsese. Is it because you feel like if he's going to win anywhere, it's here? Or do you feel like Scorsese still like has a chance to win the whole thing? Like, What's the mindset there? No, I actually, and we'll talk about this more when we get to Oscars, I actually think Sam Mendes has carved out a path for himself. So over. like po- post-Globes, basically? Right. Yeah. Josh, I see you also have Sam Mendes as well. Yeah. I, to be honest, I actually always sort of had a feeling Mendes would win at Critics' Same. Choice. Yeah. I mean, even without the Golden Globe, I kind of thought that he was in a good position to win. Again, I don't know if that's going to translate to Oscar, but I feel like Critics' Choice really responds to very big work like that. And I I think Mendes is going to win. The rest of us are all going with Bong Joon-ho. And I, 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 I feel that if Bong is going to be a factor in this race at all, like if it's not just a Mendes sweep, if he wins anywhere, he wins here most of all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. my brain says to me that Mendes wins BAFTA. Definitely. That I makes sense. Win there. But I don't know who takes DGA. Yeah, that's a big question mark and the most important one. Yeah. So yeah. I think it, so I think it would be interesting if Bong won here, if he also won DGA and then Mendes has Globe and BAFTA. That would be that would be interesting, to say the least. Yeah. The thing about Bong has been in Hollywood, you know, politicking. He wants this. And and I think people want it for him too. Yeah, yeah, he's he's so personable. He's very yeah. beloved. Yeah. So, acting ensemble: Bombshell, The Irishman, Knives Out, Little Women, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite. Once again, a uh, bit of a split here between uh, Knives Out, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. I just think Parasite has been exciting people specifically in terms of its ensemble, which is why I'm also predicting it at SAG. And I think it's a nice way to reward like everybody in the movie and they're not going to get individual nominations here. So that's kind of my mindset. That's true. But I also look at Hollywood as being the flashiest of the cast out there. And 
you know, I, I think that there's a lot of people in that group that people respond to as well. Yeah, I mean, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio plus Margot Robbie and then the supporting cast. That's pretty big. Yeah. Best young actor or actress. Julia Butters for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Roman Griffin Davis for Jojo Rabbit. Noah Jupe for Honey Boy. Thomas and McKenzie for Jojo Rabbit. Uh, Shahadi Wright-Joseph for Us and Archie Yates for Jojo Rabbit. Congratulations, Roman Griffin Davis, on your CCA award. Yep, we're all going to look yep. forward to your speech. Yep, he carries the whole thing on his shoulders. It's going to be it's going to be very sweet. I'm I'm very happy that Jojo is going to walk away with at least one thing and it will be this. And it will be very deserved. Yeah. I hope he brings Archie Yates on. Oh, wouldn't that be the greatest thing ever? Oh my god. Oh god, Josh my heart. Best supporting actress, <laughs> Laura Dern for Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers, Florence Pugh Little Women, Margot Robbie Bombshell and Zhao Shuzhen for The Farewell. Um if you're not picking Dern at this point, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be Dern. It's a fait accompli, I think. Yeah. She's Mahersheling. Uh, Mahersheling. Uh, is that like a new thing? Are we going to refer to that as like a, a phrase? It's a, She's Mahersheling her way through the season now. Um, no, because we all predicted that Mahershala would lose somewhere, whether it was BAFTA, Golden Globe, or Critics' Choice, um, to and somebody. Happened. It never happened. And he just continued to keep on winning once he started winning. And I think Dern's in that position now after Golden Globe. If she didn't lose there, it's there's nothing standing in her way. Supporting actor, Willem Dafoe for The Lighthouse. Yay. Anyway, Tom <laughs> Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Anthony Hopkins, The Two Posts, Al, Al Pacino for The Irishman. Joe Pesci for The Irishman. And Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Casey. Hi. <laughs> I see you have Joe Pesci. Listen, I do. Because like you said, if Irishman's winning places, this is it. I also think he's 100% not going to be there. <laughs> I also still have Pitt winning the Oscar. I just think that it's going to be a little bit more of an exciting race in that category with things like SAG. But at the end of the day, it's still going to be Pitt. But I don't know. I think Pesci's won the majority of critics' awards. And I think that that seems like a clear place to honor it amongst the actors. So I want to correct you. Brad Pitt has definitely won the majority of critics awards. Well, yeah. But, but, but I will say though, in terms of like trying to make this a race and make it competitive, um, I do believe that if there's any two places where Pesci could upset, it is critics choice. And also at SAG. Uh, yeah, and if, you know, yeah. Why not? <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, best actress, Aquafina for the farewell, Cynthia Riva for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson for marriage story, Lupita Nyong'o for us, Saoirse Ronan for little women, Charlize Theron for bombshell and Renee Zellweger for Judy. Guys, just just pick Renee until she loses. Seriously. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Until proven otherwise. I would love an upset here, though, but I, it's going to be Renee. He's sleeping right now. God bless his soul. But Will is going out on a limb for Lupita Nyong'o. She's my second place, and I could see that happening. Yeah. Same with SAG. I could see her like upsetting at SAG as well. Yeah. It, it's like BAFTA. Look at this lineup. This is what it should be. <laughs> D-I-V-E-R- S I T Y. Best actor: Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Robert De Niro for The Irishman, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Eddie Murphy for Dolomite Is My Name, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, Adam Sandler for Uncut Gems. I, I have to admit, there's a part of me that like lot like. I don't. I, I'm torn. I am legitimately torn on this because I feel once again that if Adam Driver is going to win anywhere, 
Mm-hmm. It is here. I agree with that. Uh, yep. I hope I, that happens. Yeah. But I can't escape this feeling that Joaquin is about to sweep the whole season. Yeah, I, I have it in the back of my mind. I think I even predicted Adam Driver when we were doing. No, no, you have Joaqu- you have Joaquin. Oh, uh, do I? Okay, well, yeah. good because that's what I'm sticking with now. Because I do feel like they're gonna just jump on that bandwagon. I, yeah. I you know, it's yeah. one of those things where I, it's like I, on one hand, a make no mistake about it. I want it to be Joaquin. I'm very happy that Joaquin is having this moment, even though if he doesn't want the moment, <laughs> I'm sure he just loves the opportunity to be able to get up in front of everyone, talk about the environment, get arrested and talk about how much he loves that. It's a plant-based uh, show, but <laughs> you know, in all honesty, like Joaquin doesn't like the spotlight. He doesn't like talking about his work. Um, but people love him and people love this performance, especially actors um, critics, though, have really gone for Adam Driver this season, overwhelmingly so. And I don't believe that Adam Driver is like Ethan Hawke last year, where he didn't have like corresponding Best Picture nomination tied to him or anything like that. So it does make me wonder, you know, what what's going to happen here. I, I think back to something like um, Natalie Portman winning for uh, Jackie over Emma Stone in La La Land as a thing where... Natalie Portman was like winning the precursors that year and definitely uh, winning the majority. I know there are some CCA members who definitely pick to like the front runners, even though those aren't like their personal preferences. I do know some members who do do that. So I think if enough members do that, Joaquin is going to win this. Yeah. However, I, I, I also have talked to a lot of members who just love Adam driver and I could see that happening here. And I think, like I said, the precursor hall is very apparent, you know, that people love Adam Driver. Yeah, I think I think of all of the upsets that we could see in the acting categories. Driver is the one that would be the most plausible here. I'm not betting for that to happen, but it would not surprise me in the slightest if Driver did take this. And I would hope that he does because it's a great performance as well. Yeah, I I think that it's Mm -hmm. it's if he wins here, this is probably it for him. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I'm picking him against my better judgment. I think partly because if I'm being very honest, I just want it to be an exciting race. Yeah. I mean, it's the critic's choice. You can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just watch. They give it a tie because they love. Yo, it. Yo, yeah. yo, that would be <laughs> with the years this close. It could very, very, very well happen. And both of them are just going to be like. Imagine if wait 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 wait. Imagine if Sandler was part of the tie, and then he gets up to the microphone and goes, "I guess this is how I win." (laughs) (laughs) Best Picture: 1917, Ford v Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, Uncut Gems. Rebecca, yeah, my dear sweet Rebecca, (laughs) you're the only one going for The Irishman, and I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Do you feel that the Irishman winning here? I'm just trying to get a little context here for this pick. Um, it's because of the campaign, and you think it might have worked the most over Critics' Choice this season. And if Irishman is standing a chance to win anywhere, it is here. Is that what the logic is there? Yes. I just decided why not. If it's going to win anywhere, let's give it a chance here. Yeah. I, um, I kind of do feel that same way to a certain extent as well. Although, once again, um, Parasite just sweeping the critics awards for best picture this season. I I feel like it, this is one of those things. Now hear me out guys. If parasite wins this, it's kind of like business as usual, right? Oh, well that was to be expected. 
if something else other than Parasite wins at CCA, I would look at that as a very, very huge predictor for Best Picture. Well, what else do you think could win? Well, I mean, Rebecca said Irishman could win because of its campaigning and, you know, what it's done this season. Um, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the other one that I'm just, like, watching out for. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what I think is going to win the Oscar right now. I don't know if it'll go for Critics' Choice, but if it does win there, I, I think that's a yeah. really, really big sign. That's what, I'm, that's what I mean, exactly. If anything other than Parasite wins here, it's a big sign, I think. Yeah. Oh, if, yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah. And if Parasite loses, it's a dead duck. Yeah, it, like, it, Parasite winning here is one of those things where it needs this. Yes, mm-hmm. it does. It needs it. If it doesn't get it, it, it's, yeah, that's bad. It's really bad. Yeah, a critic's choice, if it can't win there, yeah, that's not good. All right. We'll see what happens tonight. Uh, hopefully this goes up in time for people to listen to our picks and tell us how wrong we are. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm Dean. And I'm Daniel. And we're from the Movie Journey Podcast. Where we break down every movie from the IMDb Top 250 list, giving our own thoughts and reviews and any general discussion along the way. We're also home of the Pod V Pod, where we battle other podcasters in various movie games and drafts. We also do reviews of new releases, film tournaments, top five lists, and talk about everything else we've watched as well. We used to be the IMDb Journey Podcast, but since then, we've grown and matured with age. Yeah, if you don't believe us, why don't you listen to some more genuine testimonies? Oh, hey guys, I, uh, I used to like the IMDb Journey Podcast, but since then I've found something even better. It's the Movie Journey Podcast! Oi, bro, I know I said the IMDb Journey Podcast was a good show, but the Movie Journey Podcast is so much better. Absolutely, for sure, yeah. You know, I used to think that nothing could be funnier than IMDb Journey, but I've now found my joy in Movie Journey Podcast. The IMDb Journey Podcast is nothing compared to the Movie Journey Podcast. Absolutely love this podcast. <laughs> oh, amazing oh, testimonies once again. Absolutely legit and real. Of course. And if you still don't believe those testimonies, go ahead and check out the show for yourself by searching for the Movie Journey podcast. You can find us on all your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. So come along and join our journey. Guys, you ready? Oh, boy. Very no, ready. but let's do it anyway. <laughs> ready as I'll ever be. Here we go. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Our final 2020 Oscar nomination predictions. Uh, We did a post on the website the other day. Uh, This podcast is meant to give a little context to some of our predictions. The way I'm going to do this to make this easy on everybody as humanly possible is I'm going to just go through uh, what the top five are based on um, uh, how we collectively took everybody's predictions from Next Best Picture, tallied them up, and if anybody's got an outlier... Uh, let's feel free to talk about it, you know, and let's like give a little bit of context after that. You know what I mean? But uh, otherwise, I'll just go through here and I'll say what the predicted five are. Now, I want to just also say for the record, uh, <laughs> this is so bad. Oh, God, this is so bad. Um, I have not seen the shorts. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know how many people have seen the shorts. I don't even know if Academy members have seen the shorts, if I'm being completely honest with you. <laughs> um. So yeah, I 
the shorts are all just a shot in the dark, but fuck yeah. it. Let's go anyway. My strategy for the shorts in general is I've seen the shorts enough. I will have gone like four years in a row at this point yeah. that I can kind of tell what type of stuff they go for. So honestly, I just read the synopses and used that. I think that's really your best bet. Yeah. yeah, read the synopses and if there's like a clip somewhere, trailer, you know, get a little bit of context and, you know, from what they've done in the past. Or if there's any celebrities involved with them, that always helps. And or if the title is catchy sometimes. I, I do watch the shorts when they are nominated, FYI. So this way you guys don't think I'm a total psychopath. Uh, best live action short. Well, we're all predicting little hands. Uh, the next one is na- The Neighbor's Window, Brotherhood. Brotherhood, there we go, a sister, and a refugee. Now, Cody, I actually like your system uh, that you mentioned before about the synopsis a uh, bit, because you actually have two outlier picks, Miller and Son and uh, The Christmas Gift. And I'm just really curious uh, like what it, what it was about those that like kind of stood out to you. Uh, let me pull up their specific synopses because I don't remember. Um, One thing about Miller and Son, that I think won the Student Academy Award, and those usually get into this category as well. Mm. Okay, I'm looking at it now. It's about a trans woman mechanic. Um, so uh, that's like the log line on IMDb. And it, uh, if we're going by last year's winner, Skin, I think they like to be a little bit socially conscious in this category, or at least um, pretend they are in the case of Skin. So that's kind of why I picked that. See, I think I hear Miller and Son and think Sondheim. Yeah. Yep. Me too, Michael. Thank you. That's why I picked it. <laughs> and then what was the other one? The Christmas gift? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, da, da, da. Uh, sorry, I'm just, I don't remember any of these. I'm pulling them up. Um, a son's letter to Santa Claus for Christmas turns his father's evening into a thriller he didn't ask for. I don't know. It sounded exciting. Christmas <laughs> gift sounds like a fun time at the movies. I truly can't explain my reasoning for all of these. So you, it's really just first thought, best thought. I, I, hey, you know what? That's fair. Let's not uh, let's not dwell on it. Let's be move wrong, to uh, best. So who cares? Let's move over to best documentary short. Uh, all of us are predicting Fire in Paradise, uh, learning to skateboard in a war zone as the next one. Stay close after Maria. Walk, run, cha cha, which has my favorite film title of all of the they potential movies. Fun titles. Yeah, Remember? I know the titles are what gets you in here. Yeah. Traffic, yeah. like heaven is a traffic jam with a four hundred five. Wasn't that the one last year? Like yes. they have, they're wacky titles. You look at uh, it's like what is one? What is one of them here? The Nightcrawlers. People are gonna be like, is that the one with Jake Gyllenhaal? Fuck it, I'm voting for it. <laughs> <laughs> for Saint Five Louis Superman. Later. God. Yeah, yeah I have another one, one just for the title. That learning skateboard one is like a that kind of title as well. Yeah, yeah I, I want to know like what it's like to learn how to skateboard in a war zone too. You that know? one sounds like a skateboard in a war zone in a war zone. If you're a girl, that's the full title. Right, it reminds me of last year's period end of sentence, just in terms of like title alone. So that's yeah. Why I put it in there. yeah. And then best animated short, Hair Love, uh, Kipple, Arvatu that we're all predicting. Uh, the physics of sorrow is the next one. Uh, Desera and Zister. Yeah. Hair Love is uh, probably the biggest out of all of these that played yeah. before Angry Birds 2. And I know that it, it's been very popular in Twitter circles and people really seem to like it. They did a whole segment on CBS this morning about Hair Love. And Kit Bull, I believe, is Pixar. Hey, Cody, I, I, Cody, I just want to hear the reasoning. Uncle Tom is accounting for days. Uh, it was the only animated short on the short list that was nominated for the Annie Award for short. So that's why I put that in there. 
It's not bad logic. Yeah, yeah I, I, I love when logic is applied logic, to these things. I'm like, it's the one short that has a precursor, so I went with it. Yeah. And that's the Rodgers and Hammerstein reference out of all the shorts, just like oh we had a song. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Best international feature film. Here we go. All of us are predicting Les Miserables, Pain and Glory, and Parasite. Yes? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The next one is Atlantics, followed by Beanpole. Now, if you have anything different than that, I want to hear why. I have those who've remained. As do I. As do I. Good war movie in there. Yeah, and, and I gotta say that I've spent the last ten days at the Palm Springs Film Festival, and I've seen all ten of these. And what's your assessment between like Beanpole and Those Who Remain? Would you say Beanpole is strong? It, mm-hmm. It's 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 a, well, it's a Russian aesthetic, which is a little different than ours. Atlantics has a supernatural element to it, which I'm not quite sure how that's going to play. With voters, I actually think one of the headlines. Uh, this is like kind of a spoiler alert, I, I think. But like one of the headlines, I think we're going to see uh, Monday morning is how Netflix has a presence in all of the uh, film yeah. categories. Yeah, I believe it. Animated, international, documentary, Atlantic. best film. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I, 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 I can't help but feel like Atlantic's getting in here is definitely a done deal. Yeah, and and, and it has a story. Yeah, we've got we have the first black woman to have received a prize at con and you know that that is powerful she she also got a dga nomination don't forget yes that's true and um i would not count out those who remain um it's i it was really one of the hottest tickets at this this year's festival i mean i i was on standby and i got the second to last seat in it how dare they <laughs> don't they know who i am for God's oh my sake. god tom you're like the like, least threatening person in the world <laughs> do you know who i am oh i'm sorry i didn't mean to, i didn't mean for that to come off so strong i'm tom o'brien how are you <laughs> um but it's a very good film it, it really takes the issue of people who survive concentration camps and uh, the guilt that they carry with them after the war, yeah. which is a subject I really haven't seen very much on uh, on, on film. So um, it's, you know, it's Holocaust. So, you know, that's always a threat. Yeah. Yeah. And there's three World War Two movies to pick from here. So for that fifth slot, there's those who remain being pulled and the painted bird are all of World War Two, I believe. And I um, think we can all write been, off the painted bird. I've FYI. Been hearing a lot <laughs> that ain't going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I've been hearing a lot of stuff about Corpus Christi vaguely, so maybe that will yes. be the They've run a really good yeah. campaign. I would say the two to watch out for. This is actually going to be something I'm going to do in every category. Is I'm going to say uh, something to watch out for. Corpus Christi, I would say definitely watch out for that. And mm-hmm. the other one I would watch out for is watch out for the possibility that Honeyland gets in here but doesn't get into documentary. It's going to get in one of them. We're just not sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I have them in both for some reason. Hey, had your bets, right? Yeah. yeah. Honeyland, I mean, um, Corpus Christi is very strong. It's, you know, we've got a really good central character that the, the audience can focus on. I, I would argue that yeah. if they've made time to watch it, I would, that's why. I mean, that's what I mean when I say I would watch out for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah especially just on the strength of that lead performance. Yeah. So, we're good to move on? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations to the other four nominees that will lose to Parasite. Uh, Best documentary feature. Uh, We're all predicting American Factory, 
for Sama, Honeyland, and One Child Nation. Yes? Yep. Yep. All right. This really all comes down to one thing and one thing only. Are you predicting Apollo 11 to get in? Yes or no? Yes. I'm predicting it. No. I say no as well. I've made it in my fifth spot. So do I. They don't like documentaries generally, I mean, speaking very generally and broadly, but with a lot of um, archival footage. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And Apollo yeah. is Historically, yes. Yeah. So, Remember, unless you're Amy, favorite. which was different, though. This branch, yeah. more than maybe any other branch, hates being told what to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, Apollo 11 didn't even get in at DGA, which is something that... You know, won't you be my neighbor? And Jane. Yeah. And, you know, even those movies managed to get those nominations, and it missing DGA I thought was very troubling for that movie. Yeah. I have Maiden in there. Um, it's been actually Maiden was the first documentary I saw this year, and it's been my favorite documentary of the year since then. And I'm not picking it because it is my favorite. I'm picking it because it just plays very, very well. Yeah, it's a very nice crowd, please. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I, I can't help but feel like if anything is going to get there, it's going to be this. Um, Michael, I see but At you. the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Is, isn't Maiden all archival footage as well? No, no, it's not. There's interviews and such. Yeah. Oh, so it's intercut with that. Yes. All right. Yeah. Well, that might be reason to have it in there. But to me, I think the cave falls more in line with what they like to recognize here. And Nat Geo, to their credit, run a very aggressive campaign for the cave this year. And oh, off the heels of um, Free Solo winning last year. Yeah. And they, I mean, the cave is just got, timely and urgent. And I, I just think that's something that they would really go for. And this may be inside baseball, but um, they got their screeners out early. Yeah, they did. They were one of the first ones of the season. It's true. Yeah. Uh, the one to watch out for here for me is Midnight Family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I saw that recently, and it definitely it really does feel like a movie that they would go for. So I would say I, that's the I'm one to watch watching for. Edge of Democracy also. That's Netflix. That is just thrilling, subject. that movie. That's, yeah. That, Ooh. yeah, that's substantial. Yeah. It, it's amazing the level of access that they had to that footage. It that, that, That's crazy. But yeah, I would say a factory for Sama, Honeyland, One Child Nation. I would say in terms of hedging bets, I would go with those four. And like I said, Honeyland could mess here, you know, end up in international for some reason. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a lot of fluidity, I think, with this category. Um, and I do anticipate that something big will mess. Um, but when I say something big, I think I'm more so referring to Honeyland or One Child Nation. I think for Sama and American Factory are safe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. They've won so much so far. Yeah. Okay. This is very interesting. This is the only category uh, where we are all aligned. There are no outliers, no dissenters whatsoever. Best animated feature. Literally every person in Next Best Picture is predicting the following five films. Frozen 2, How to Train Your Dragon in the Hidden World, I Lost My Body, Missing Link, and Toy Story 4. That is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going to be so screwed tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> yeah, when instead of I lost my body, it's weathering with you, and we're like, ah, we, we knew it. <laughs> or Klaus. Klaus I was going to say the well, one to watch out for is Klaus because of um, how well it did actually throughout the guild. True. It got uh, Annie nominations. It got um, uh, DGA. BAFTA. Uh, it got uh, Not DGA, I'm sorry. It got uh, PGA. 
right? No, wait. What am I confusing it with? Oh my god. It got one of it got, it got one of the major DGA, ones. I believe. Yeah, it got yeah, it got DGA, it got BAFTA nomination. So I would say the one to watch out for is Klaus, but I think that if enough people saw I Lost My Body, I don't know how you don't vote for that. Yeah, I Lost My Body is really the breakout like art house animated feature this year, and we don't have as many of them in this category as we used to because they changed the voting procedure, but there usually is at least one that comes in and i think that is clearly i lost my body this year yeah even last year we had mirai which is fairly out there in terms of yeah yeah it did not have the same level of exposure that i lost my body's had this year um yeah i I lost my body is you know you can watch it in your living room right netflix so yeah and i think netflix they have klaus too but i think they would put more resources into i lost my body yeah also and this is like a weird detail but they don't like to award christmas movies in this category of which there have been a couple times it's been possible there was arthur christmas a few years ago and the grinch both of which got um golden globe nominations i mean there's other factors obviously but it's one more thing against klaus yeah best visual effects mm. all of us are predicting the lion king from there on it's a little fluid um so there's a lot to talk about with this i this is one where we, where we can go around the room. Michael, what do you have for visual effects? Michael? In addition to uh, The Lion King, I have Alita Battle Angel, Avengers Endgame, The Irishman, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. It's my five, too. That is my five as well. Does anybody have anything different? I do. Yeah, I have something different. Um, have- Alita Battle Angel... Well, hold on, Rebecca. Rebecca, instead of what, what do you have, basically? Um, I have... The Lion King, Avengers Endgame, The Irishman, 1917, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Me too. Cody, you've got that? Okay. Josh, what do you got? Uh, well, I have Lion King, Avengers, Irishman. I have 1917, and I'm taking a risk. And I know that it's foolish to not think that Star Wars is going to get nominated because they always do. But I'm taking a big swing, and I'm actually going to say Terminator Dark Fate. That's not a bad call. That did very well at the Bake Off. Yeah, it's my number six. Yeah, I, I just don't feel good about dropping Star Wars for that. But I guess my feeling is you've got like these other movies in here that are also big spectacles like Lion King and Avengers and like even Irishman. They all kind of appeal to, I think, a similar sensibility. And I'm just maybe hoping that it's spread out enough that maybe Star Wars can drop off, you know, I'm not feeling confident about it, but it's just what I'm going with right now. Star Wars visual effects just feel so been there, done that. Like, there's nothing about that movie's visual effects that, to me, are, like, amazing and stand out. I was ready to drop The Lion King the other day, but that's been doing fairly well with the guilds. I was going to drop it in favor of 1917, but there's been really proved to me that that's going to be the one to miss. And Lion King also did very well at at the Bake Off as well. 1917 is odd because it feels like um, Dunkirk, which missed, but then First Man is very similarly practical in that one last year, so it's really, really hard to tell with this category. Yeah, the voting in this category changed a little bit from Dunkirk to uh, the First Man years, and I think that might have had That's a good point. Um, I also think A Little Battle Angel makes a lot of sense, but apparently they didn't have a great bake-off presentation, so I don't know how much to weigh that in terms of predicting it, so I'm just not predicting it, but it wouldn't surprise me. 
Yeah, but Alita also did perform well with uh, the visual effects guild True. this week. Yeah, and also did well at the Bake Off. And also, we need to credit uh, Sleeping Will Mavity over there yes. for pointing out about a month ago that when the Annie nominations came out, they were the first to recognize both The Revenant and Christopher Robin in their respective years. And this past December, they recognized Alita. So that could be the one that translates. I agree. If history is any indication. Yeah, it's a very strong possibility. The one thing I keep going back on, back and forth on is um, I am currently predicting Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, but I... I have this feeling about 1917 getting in here. And like I said, because Star Wars Rise of Skywalker is just so bitten there, done that. It, yeah. yeah. It's, you shouldn't bet against it, though, because. Right. You know, and and that's, that's why I am picking it. it right now, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, what was it? The Revenge of the Sith is really the only one that hasn't gotten nominated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I. I think I'm going to switch. I think I'm going to switch from Star Wars to 1917. I mean, 1917's got Best Picture heat. Yeah. yeah, It's got the hot hand. I, I also think it's much more um, plausible that we would be dealt a hand where 1917 and Irishman are both nominated here and we don't know what to do. Yeah, that'd yeah. be interesting. So that that sounds like a scenario that's just waiting to happen. The only caution I would I would strike here is that the 1917 momentum has started after most of the voting was over. It's a good. It's a good point. The one to watch out for here, and I know what you guys are going to say. It's cats. That's not going to happen. No, I mean, that would be like 10. a sympathy vote. I thought they took them. themselves like out of contention. From awards. I mean, they just stopped like putting money into it. I think, but they're still okay. technically. Yeah, up for once it. their like their Bake Off presentation was like they didn't even bother really. Like, I mean, they lost so much money. Who has the time? There is something about <laughs> the irony of all of the things you all just said, coupled along with the fact that it's bad, the visual effects aren't good, and it takes up a slot, and we're all just left on nomination morning, being like, "What the fuck happened here?" You know. Yeah. I can't even think of a comparable nomination. I mean, like Real Steel in 2011. I don't know, but like nothing really is similar. Even to Netflix, my head. Exactly. Yeah. And probably didn't lose 70 million dollars. Uh, I really, really wish Hat Astro was a factor here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. that's very yeah. disappointing. Uh, alas, best sound mixing. We're all predicting 1917 and 4V Ferrari. Okay. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Uh, what do we have after that? I've got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Rocket Man, and Star Wars. See, now I think Joker gets gets in here yeah. very yeah, I easily. I have Joker instead of Star Wars. I have Joker instead of Hollywood. What is up? With, what, I got to ask this question. What is up with people thinking Avengers is going to show up in the sound categories? I have it in sound category. I have it in sound editing. Don't ask me why. I don't know. They are notoriously opposed to Marvel and the sound branch. Yeah, the last one to get in was... Iron Man or Black Panther, duh, last year. But that yeah. was a different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I should say the Avengers series. Sure. Black Panther I, is its own. Black Panther is like its own thing, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, when it comes to sound categories, don't ask me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think the easiest way to say this to go with these categories is to like, usually there's three or four that get both categories and then one or two outliers. So I think predicting the outliers is kind of where, what's helpful for, for the conversation. I think if you're picking Rocket Man for sound mixing, that's very smart because A, that's musical. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, musicals show up. This is actually where I think Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker misses. You know, I was thinking that because with uh, 
I believe it was Rogue One. It only got sound editing and not sound mixing. I think I got just mixing for Rogue One. Yes, just mixing. Oh, was it just mixing? Okay, then. Oh, then that's just more reason for me to predict it here. Yeah, see, I, I so here's the thing. I, I moved Star Wars out um, so that I could move Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in. Because I have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, spoiler, getting into uh, both. And I also, oh, I always, I want to just, for the record, hold my hat up high on this one. I always predicted that Joker would get into sound mixing from the time the movie came out. Yeah, you did call that early. I have it in mm-hmm. editing, spoiler, but, you know, you were always saying mixing. Which is something that that's new for me. I didn't previously ever have it in editing. I just recently made that change. Um, so I have that being uh, a film that where it's both 1917, Ford v. Ferrari. I don't have Rocket Man in both. Mm-mm. And something about Star Wars getting in both just didn't seem right to me. So I took Star Wars out and put Hollywood in both because that just made like on paper that just made a lot of sense to me you know mm-hmm. yeah 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 i've yeah. got joker at six so it's not a bad call at all i just oh. don't after what they did with last jedi seeing how that got in both you know i'm not going to predict against star wars unless proven otherwise that's my thinking too but the other yeah, thing too is that remembers that last jedi was so much more embraced than rise of skywalker is where people are just so like anti depends who you talk to there people do like the rise of skywalker just not I the same it. people who like the last jedi yeah and, and, and we're talking film twitter and that's yeah, not exactly. how oscar voters are yeah it just might be a, a checkbox for them oh star wars yeah, yeah that's an easy you know i don't know the difference between sound editing and sound mixing i'll just pick star wars or whatever well, you'd hope the sound branch does. <laughs> hey, Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, that's true. They did well, nominate Bohemian Rhapsody in the first editing. place. <laughs> if Ad Astra is going to show up anywhere, it's going to be in one of the sound categories. I would think editing. Of the yeah, two. yeah over, over mixing, yeah. I've also heard vague rumblings, I'm not predicting it, about John Wick Chapter 3 in editing. Yes. Yes, Cody. Because Yes, I've heard the same exact thing. Not man enough to do that. No, so. me neither. That's like the Mission Impossible thing last year. Yeah, right. that's a good comparison, Michael. Uh, I mean, if we're yeah, if we're looking at sound editing, um, the one. Th- so this was interesting because did you guys watch Will Mavity's sound editing video that he put out? He does one of these every year where he takes clips uh, from uh, a lot of films and he puts them all together in a mashup and tries to basically, based on the examples that are used, like give people a context for sound editing, essentially. And one of the things that really stood out to me with that was actually the Irishman. And it makes me wonder that if Irishman is to show up anywhere, like in an across-the-board uh, situation, I have a feeling it could show up in sound editing more than sound mixing. And I actually have it predicted here. Yeah, a lot of gunshots, yeah. you know. Yeah. See, I think that Irishman would actually be more likely in mixing just because between the two, sound mixing generally gets treated as like the more quote-unquote prestigious of, of the categories and that's usually where you find best picture favorites um in there yeah so i i mean i don't think it's going to get nominated in either one but Fair. i would lean towards mixing more than editing the one to watch out for in sound mixing specifically in my opinion is uncut gems oh don't tease me i don't think it's happening i'm not predicting it to happen i'm just saying watch out for it well, that's like what you could say about any category concerning this movie. Fair enough. Well, yeah. Fair enough. Um, just so that I'm on the same page with everybody here for sound editing. Uh, we all have 1917 Ford v. Ferrari. Same thing with sound mixing, right? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. For and sure. Then, uh, is there anyone that has Joker in both categories? I do. I do. I yeah. do. Again, feels like I keep making this comparison in lots of categories with it, but it feels like Bohemian Rhapsody last year. Yeah. With this trajectory, I mean. I feel much better about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and sound editing than I do mixing, but I do have it in both. So do I. Uh, my my reasoning was 2012. They went with Django and changed in just editing. So, I mean, that's flimsy reasoning, but it's something. Yeah, I have it in both, too. I just have Joker in editing. I see some people have Rocket Man for sound editing. Is that like um, the Bohemian Rhapsody thing, I guess, where it's like, I mean, might as well have Bohemian it in both. Rhapsody, who knows anymore? Yeah. It's probably because people just don't like predicting splits in this category. So right. It's easier to predict, you know, both and get at least one. But it just makes so much more sense to me that Rocket Man would be in sound mixing and not in sound editing. Agreed. Yeah. Then again, no, Bohemian Rhapsody being in just sound mixing and not sound editing also made sense to me. But, you know, alas. <laughs> oh, I will never get over that one. Best song. <sighs> Into the Unknown, Frozen 2, I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man. Uh, everybody is predicting those. Now, ooh, man. All right, jumping off of that. Uh, my next three are Stand Up from Harriet. Because, spoiler alert, I think this is where Cynthia Revo is going to get some recognition. Um, I'm Standing With You from Breakthrough is my next one because Diane Warren, enough said. Mm-hmm. And I actually have, as kind of like the cool nominee, um, Unexpected, I actually have Glasgow from uh, Wild Rose as my final prediction. Yeah, I also have Glasgow. But uh, my other two, I'm going to split with you here. Mm-hmm. I have uh, I'm Standing With You from Breakthrough. Diane Warren, and this is my No Guts, No Glory. I have a glass of soju from Parasite. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, I have that as well, Michael. Although I am... Hmm. What do you think? I had Spirit as well, but I'll switch that for stand-up, but I am also keeping keeping Glasgow for both hopeful wishing, but also it I, it does feel like the cool pick. And I think it also, you know, that it has the, the story behind it, which I think... Yeah, I I would love for Glasgow to get in, but I get a feeling like it's going to be Sing Street where we all get our hopes up and hoping that it's going to get in, and then they just pass over it. Don't mind me of that. Yeah, but the idea of having Mary Steenburgen as being a two-time Oscar nominee and one in writing best song is is really kind of irresistible. I hope so. I love that song. I would hope for it to get nominated, but I, you know, sometimes you can't be that optimistic <laughs> in terms of the Oscars. No, I know. Yeah. I do find it interesting that so many predictors, myself included, not just on our site, but kind of all across film Twitter, are predicting a spirit snub here. It just makes a lot of sense with this branch to yeah. the point where it wouldn't even be surprising anymore. I'm predicting yeah. it to get in. I think having Beyonce there, I don't know, because they usually have them perform. I feel like that would be something the Academy would do. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't even think of that part of it. You're right. I'm actually going with a really kind of out there pick. I am for my fifth spot, my fifth spot. I'm actually going with Letter to My Godfather from The Black Godfather. There is a really great campaign behind that. Yeah. 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 Netflix, right? Yes. Uh, Yeah, it is Netflix. Netflix. And it's a documentary, right? Mm-hmm. It's a documentary. Yeah. And it's Usually there's there one early. documentary nominee in here. Yes. Yeah. And many times it's one. I think it's only one once. Let's see. I give you the truth. Josh, I think it's a really, really good choice. I just have also been hearing about this song for a while. I feel like it's been in the campaign, you know, not 
out front, but kind of just in the background rumblings of it for a pretty decent amount of time. And I just have a feeling about that one. That is my watch out for this pick. Yeah. Y- you could say you're alone, yet not alone. Oh, my God. <laughs> Moving yeah, on to, to best score, because I can't deal with that comment just now. Um, <laughs> best original score. Uh, we're all predicting 1917, Joker, Little Women, and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. The next pick is Marriage Story. I think it's on thin ice, but I don't want to... You know, even consider that as a real possibility. No, it, it's a beautiful score, though. Ugh. Here's the problem for me. Um, I've heard a lot of reports from a lot of people that they do not like that score in the movie. And wow. yeah, they just don't feel like it fits with the movie. I, I just can't believe that. But I, I mean, I, I've heard it, too. I, I just don't know where they're coming from. I but here's here. But here's my problem is. I hear stuff like that, and I have two issues. One, Randy Newman is royalty to this right. branch. Right. Which is like, what's the alternative? You have Michael Giacchino from JoJo, who's gotten in just for Pixar twice, and Marco Beltrami from Ford v. Ferrari. But Well, that's know. my prediction. I think it's going to be Ford v. Ferrari. And Will, no, yeah, Will is uh, going with Michael Abels for us, which would be amazing but i don't think that's happening yeah it feels like yeah it feels like on the one hand there's things working against marriage story but then it's like what's really the alternative right you know uh wasn't there something else about voting changing in this category where it's like a ranked preferential system now is that true i i i apologize i actually don't remember hearing that Okay, I thought I remember hearing something about that, and if that's true, then if you've got a divisive score like Marriage Story, that can work against it. Sort of like how First Man was actually more of a divisive score than we thought initially, and that didn't get nominated. This is one of those situations where if Parasite made the shortlist, it would be so easy for me to slide it in here. (laughs) But it didn't. Instead, my watch out for this nomination, guys, hold your breath on this one. Watch out for Alan Silvestri for Avengers Endgame. Could happen. Uh, why have they been that? campaigning him hard? I mean, been, I know they've been doing the movie in general, but has that been a specific focus? Because otherwise I don't see any reason besides, like, any more reason for this than when I, when, I wanted to say for the record, when I say, like, the watch out for this, these are big swing predictions that, sure. based on campaign, based on um, just general overall good feelings that I've seen from people, like, about these contenders... You know, and also too, Silvestri also is a it's a legend in the category that hasn't gotten the same level of recognition as someone like a Randy Newman or a John Williams. You know what I mean? With like a lot of nominations, for example, it would be like when Passengers got in. It, it, I, kind of, I guess. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I, like, I don't see. Oh, that I guess way. that makes sense. But like the pedigree of the composer kind of is wins out. Yeah, <laughs> Thomas Newman is a fixture, though. Uh, well. Alan Silvestri hasn't been nominated since the Polar Express. Right. And his only other nomination is Forrest Gump, I think. Just you listen, it's probably it's probably these five. It, it probably is these five, you know, and yeah. we're probably all just freaking out over nothing. Mm-hmm. But. All right. Um, the other one to watch out for is Michael Giacchino for Jojo Rabbit, FYI. Well, he's after. Exactly. Yeah, he's the threat. That, see, like, like, and that's me, like, applying a little bit more logic to that reasoning. Because of that path to nomination. Production design. 
Uh, we're all predicting 1917, The Irishman, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, the next two are Parasite, and I think there's a split here. Yeah, there is a split between Joker and Jojo Rabbit for the fifth slot. I'm I actually I totally have Little Women in the fifth slot. Is. is this production design? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, this is there. There's some tricky stuff going on here. Yeah, my fifth spot is also Ford v Ferrari. I'm sticking um, with Irishman, Jojo, 1917, Hollywood, and Parasite, but I really can't help the feeling that jo- the Joker is like sitting there just waiting to pounce. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Joker's my number five. It just is extremely flashy, and I mean, if the BAFTA love for it was any indication, like there, we're, we're, we can see it in a lot of tech categories, but I have Jojo as a very, very, very close number six. Yeah, I was going back and forth between Jojo and Joker. And, you know, they both are doing such fantastic things in different ways. But I think the way Jojo recreated that German village and how the colors pop, I, I think that's more in line with the work that they go with in prior years. Agreed, than Michael. What Joker's doing. Right. Yeah. It's such a tough call, though. Yeah. No, yeah. Believe it or not, I actually think the vulnerable one is Parasite. Well, that house. I know, I but where's the where's the BAFTA nomination? True. Well, you could say that about every tech category with the parasite. Uh, yeah, and we don't know what happened there. I mean, and remember, it, like last year, Black Panther only showed up for visual effects at BAFTA. Yeah, it's a good point. But we all, but based on the nominations this year, Josh, we all know why that happened. <laughs> but, well, yeah, but I'm just saying that you know, it's one of the things that you can look at to say just because BAFTA ignored it doesn't necessarily mean it's out of you yeah. know, contention. Fair enough. And, 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 you know, with Parasite, um, it took a little while for people to think that it might go into other categories other than the big four. And it, now it's, I think, solidly in production design. It hasn't opened in the U.K. yet. Mm. Mm. Okay. It opens in February, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they pulled some strings to get it nominated. But uh, I'm not quite sure the perception of... Parasite in other categories has really sunk in yet. That makes sense. Um, the one to watch out for here is Little Women. Yep, I'm predicting that in the fifth yeah. spot. I just think, like, I when it came to that fifth spot, I kind of was just basing it off of the work. And I think that what they do with the house, what they do with the different timelines, all the work that they do, I just, I, I couldn't deny it. I think Amy's workshop is actually the best example of production design in that movie. Yeah, plus I think that there's a lot of interesting details with the attic and with all the different Christmas scenes. I've got it at seven, so it's, you know, it's very much in the mix. I think if Joker is missing somewhere, it's here, but man, oh man. I, I had a couple of JoJo-Joker battles in these categories. This yeah. is the first of me. Especially because JoJo did so well about in the tough categories. Yeah. yeah. yeah we'll, we'll revisit this in a few minutes. Best makeup and hairstyling. Uh, we all have Bombshell and Judy. Mm-hmm. The next picks are Joker, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, and Rocket Man. Yep. So I don't have Rocket Man. I have 1917 in its place. I'm really tempted to do that, especially after seeing it. Like I'm. <sighs> and yeah. I have the same thing, Michael. And I don't have Maleficent. I have uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, Co- Cody and Josh, can you guys speak to the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood pick? Because I just don't understand it. That's what I was about to say. I was tempted to go with that because it's, you know, very much about the industry and tech people. But uh, I want to hear if that's why you two agree. 
Yeah, we love a wig. They got a lot of wigs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the wigs yeah. are great. I mean, there's a whole scene in this movie that kind of goes into about, you know, applying makeup to a character and getting exactly. that being used yep. to help inform yep. the character and inform the performance, which speaks to a lot of what makeup artists would really like. Plus, you know, it's Hollywood. It's going to have so many other nominations, too. And and this side of RuPaul's Drag Race, Hollywood has the best wigs around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm tempted to put Hollywood in over Judy because I didn't think the work there was all that phenomenal, but apparently it played well at the Bake Off, so I don't know what to believe now. Yeah, honestly, the only one that I am sure of in this category is Bombshell, and then the other four spots, I really kind of don't know. Joker feels pretty good too, just in terms because of general trajectory and like the main character is wearing makeup for on the poster. You know, I mean, like that feels very shallow, yeah. but still. And that also did win pretty uh, a major category at the makeup guild too. Yeah. And you see him putting the makeup on in the movie. You know, I mean, I'm, I imagine I this is appealing to voters. And there's a narrative with that one about how Phoenix was like very uncooperative with the makeup department. And so they had to wrangle him and that might appeal to the group as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot this is the best makeup, hairstyling and babysitting. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be helpful. It, it's the only uh, entry. Uh, Joker is the entry that I've ever seen that the uh, uh whole rationale behind their presentation was the fact that the star was so difficult. I mean, you got to figure makeup and hairstyling people probably deal with difficult actors. So it's probably relatable. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when they're meeting with them at like three o'clock in the morning for seven hours of makeup appliances. It's just like, yeah, I can imagine there's some horror stories in there, you know? Yeah. And something else that will mentioned in terms of uh, these nominees is that, Maleficent is really the only one that is a major prosthetic showcase. I mean, Bombshell is also, but it's more of a contemporary setting. Maleficent really gives you makeup and hair to a really big degree, which these other ones don't really do. Mm. Yeah, plus it fits in with like patterns before. And now that we have it being um, five instead of three, you know, I can see that getting in there. I definitely think it's in. Yeah. Undoubtedly. All right, best film editing. Oh man, after the year we had last year with this category, I, I don't know oh, what to believe anymore. Yeah, last year was a nightmare. <laughs> uh, we are all predicting The Irishman and Parasite. So, the next ones are Ford v Ferrari, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and there is a split between 1917 and Jojo Rabbit. I say neither. And this is where I had that JoJo battle again, but I ended up going with Joker. As, as did I, Michael. Yep. Me too. It's really... I do think that Joker obviously is right there, but it, I don't know. I also just think that JoJo, considering its guild strength, I, I, I do imagine it'll be close between the two, but I kind of also feel like maybe just the... Uh, the, the comedy beat edits will win out over for Jojo. And that's what I'm going with my big swing of the overall nominations, not just a single category, the overall nominations is I am predicting uncut gems to get three nominations. Oh, that is such a good call. I, and I wish I, I could go there with you. I followed your lead here, Matt. I couldn't figure out that fifth spot. I, everything I guess kept having like a reason not to pick it. And then you had all your reasonings for putting it in this lone editing idea. And I was like, you know what? 
most editing is best editing, but also it's a very well edited film. Fuck it, why not? Now here's where you're all gonna disagree with me though. I have Uncut Gems getting in here at the expense of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I, I see d- why you yeah. would do that. I don't agree with you. Yeah, yeah no. I don't agree. Sorry, Matt. No, it's yeah. all but but it's because I I couldn't figure out like do I take out Irishman, Parasite, Ford v Ferrari, or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Um, it's the weakest element of Hollywood. Because I also have Jojo Rabbit, FYI. So I, I wanted to remove one of the presumed safe four. And Hollywood was the only one to me that made the most sense. That is a fair call there. Now, mind you, this is a big swing. The, like, there is no, I have no stats I can throw at you guys for this. I have nothing I can say, you know, that would back this up this is just a, like a gut feeling that i have about uncut gems just coming out at the right time appealing to certain voting branches in the right way and i actually think of the three nominations i i have receiving this is the one that makes the most sense to me yeah i agree i it's i'm very tempted to predict it in other places but i couldn't reason with it whereas here felt the most like you said the most safe and what did you end up uh, dropping for it, Casey? I'm just curious. Um, I think Jojo Rabbit I had at one point, but I think I just, and now maybe I regret it because I think it did surprisingly well at certain guilds and BAFTA, but I just was like, I only had it in two other spots and it just didn't feel right. I just gut feeling type thing, I guess you could say. Right. So. I'm not really buying the Jojo logic of like, comedic beats cut well because that hasn't really been something that this branch has looked for in the past i think if it gets in here which i would not be surprised is my number six or seven uh it points to overall strength obviously but i don't think that would necessarily be the predominant reason why we get nominated well i'm not saying it's the predominant reason but i think it is a factor but i also would agree with you that the fact that it has showed up at so many other places gives it a lot of strength as well true yep 1917 getting in here would be one of those like I get it but I don't get it sort of things only because like, I would that I would just completely like I get it I I get it you know but at the same time this category I'm not saying that based on merit I'm saying it based on like this category tends to reward the flashiest most editing and that mm-hmm. is the movie that has the least of that right yeah. it did its best yeah. to not look edited right yeah and they haven't gone for that before with like yeah, I, I, look, things, so. I look back at birdman not getting nominated in this category. right exactly and, and birdman had eddie and bafta yeah and something last year like roma which obviously wasn't one take but it was many long takes that didn't get in yeah, yeah. i just don't think this branch responds to movies that don't showcase a lot of noticeable editing yeah my uh one to watch out for in this category is knives out yeah, oh, that'd be great. Maybe. Well, yeah. So watch out for that. Costume design. We're all predicting Little Women, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Rocket Man. The next two are Dolomite is My Name and The Irishman. Yep. I have Dolomite. Um, the Irishman, though, they don't go for like just regular men's suits in this category. And I know it's Sandy Powell, but that just doesn't really seem to be something that they respond to. I, I, I do wonder, in the case of Irishman here, uh, and the same thing with production design, is I, I do wonder if the length of the movie and the fact that there are just so many characters, so many setups, so many scenes, if that helps it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and spanning so much time. Right, yeah. you know? exactly. Even just, like, taking away from, like, the men's suits, like, there's a lot of showcase of, like, 
while obviously not in the forefront, but a lot of like women's fashion spanning from like the fifties into like the two thousands that I think is interesting. And yeah, I think there's a good variety of, and it's not just like basic suits. Plus you have their pajamas. I don't know. I, (laughs) it's not a, it's not a flashy choice at all. And that's, that's the one thing that's got me a little queasy about it. Um, it's actually the reason why I dropped it because it was like, yeah, this isn't flashy enough, you know? I mean, even the guild didn't nominate it though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But but Powell is a big factor. You know, she's a name. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But she didn't even get nominated at the guild. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I did see Josh that you are the one person, and I think this is a really good call. I did see that you're picking Aladdin. Yeah, I mean, we had the, a conversation earlier about how this category usually goes for like one of the big like Disney movies, and I, you know, I think there are issues with some of the design work in Aladdin, but I think the costume work is actually, I think it's actually pretty good, and it's big and flashy, and I feel like that could sneak in. Yeah. I, I noticed, Rebecca, you've got Downton Abbey, and I think that's just the kind of film that gets nominated. Yeah. 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 I thought that was something that they would probably like with the flashy costumes, and it's a period piece. I can see that happening, too. Yeah. I you know took what? a bit of a swing on this one, and I, I, I went with Jojo Rabbit because of the, 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 the colors that pop from those costumes. I know that it's World War II, and I know we've seen that a lot of times. But there's also something about like Scarlett Johansson's outfits in that movie, especially that I was like, I could very, very easily see that uh, standing out to people for some reason, you know? Yeah, I'm yeah, doing this style. Here, really I'm, I'm switching to JoJo from The Irishman. It's happening. Um, I, <laughs> I just also remembered the moment at the end when we see Sam Rockwell and Alfie Allen's like costumes, and oh like a shot. Yeah. Just, oh yeah. <laughs> It's not meant to showcase costumes. Like, I mean, it's that's like faulty reasoning, I know, but that combined with all the other stuff, plus Irishman missing costumes, Guild, and also just kind of not doing as well precursor-wise as we thought it would, I'm I'm switching. Okay. Were the costumes for Rocket Man designed new, or were they sort of like taken from actual things that Elton's wore? In, in they the were cap? sort of like inspired by his previous. Yeah, yeah. They, were they weren't exact reproductions. Point. They were yeah. they kind of like took what he wore and then like redid them a little bit for their own flavor with the movie. Yeah, I wonder if that's going to hurt costumes, and that I, you know, I don't think it would not avoid it. I don't think it would hurt them when they've been giving costume Oscars for the same Queen Elizabeth dresses for 40 years. So I, don't, I think it'll be all right. Yeah. Okay. Best cinematography. 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We're all predicting that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you you guys fucking, you, you figured this out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with the uh, same five from the Guild. I know sometimes they only go four for five with Oscars, but... You know, I'm not ready to jump on Portrait or The Lighthouse, so I'm just going to go with Joker, Irishman, and Ford. I really don't think it's going to be Portrait. I mean, just the fact that it's, like, I, th- I think when it didn't get uh, picked for the foreign language submission, I think that kind of wiped it from a lot of voters' minds. I know there's, like, things mm-hmm. like The Grandmaster and stuff like that that make it in, but I, I, th- I think it's The Lighthouse. They love their black and yeah. white movies. See, Cody, yeah. because of things like Never Look Away and The Grandmaster, that is why I do have Portrait of Lady on Fire getting in. With but the, Never Look uh, Away also got nominated for Best Foreign Film. Like, it was on voters' r- radars, which, sure. I mean, Portrait of a Lady, they got the excuse to, like, not have to watch it, essentially, if they didn't want yeah, to. Yeah, once they had that release schedule, even though I could see it happening, I think that just that 
they kind of gave up on that movie. And I think also Lighthouse makes the most sense from the precursors and it being the only major black and white one. It's very different. I think that if that it feels like the cool pick, I think that that's the only place I could ever see that film showing up here. So yeah, it'll make a lot of sense if it misses, but I, I, I am predicting it to get in. Uh, I, Plus, it, it, the thing is, it's so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. You really can't yeah. tell how beautiful that film is. Yeah. I'm going with the lighthouse too. Um, I, I don't feel good about dropping it or about dropping Joker for it. But my reasoning is just because all the other nominees or the potential nominees come from people who this group has already recognized in the past. And Joker is the only one that is kind of it's done by somebody who's sort of outside of that group. And I'm thinking that if they're looking for somebody to replace a nominee with with the lighthouse, that he would be the easiest target. Josh. Yeah, I know, I know, but there's no way Joker misses cinematography. I and I under I understand, I understand, but <laughs> I, it's just another logic thing that I'm going with right now. I, I'm actually like I'm. I, you guys are gonna think I'm insane here, but I think I think Joker's number two to Deacons. Yeah, I think you're insane. It's my yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, I look, I I get it, but I also just think that like I don't think Robert Richardson is dropping now because they really do like him. And Irishman, again... David has done a great campaign of heavily focusing on the way that Rodrigo had to shoot that with the camera rig and, you know... Yeah, and I know that a lot of people would probably drop for Ferrari, but I just have been a believer of that movie, and you know, it's yeah. just what I'm going with right now. Yeah, I'm, I think we've mentioned before, Lighthouse yeah. has, don't forget, Critics' Choice, BAFTA, and a mention at ASC. Like, yeah, that's something that we need to heavily consider. Uh, with that said, I am of the belief that nobody watched The Lighthouse because Willem Dafoe has not been in the conversation all year, and if he's not in the conversation, then I refuse to believe that it's getting into cinematography then. Well, but it's a different conversation and cinematography. Well, for cinematography, it is. I mean, I think that I think that branch in particular would really respond to all the work that went into uh, shooting that film. Yeah, yeah, just their history with this decade being there being a best picture, a, a, a black and white film in this category nearly every year. I think even if they didn't watch it, they might just vote for it for just a variety of nominees and their affection for that type of film. Yeah, I'm, I'm not predicting it, but the use of light and shadow in uh, Lighthouse is really remarkable. The one to watch out for here is Parasite. Oh, I wanted in so bad, but I had to, like, reason with myself. <laughs> Any chance for a hidden life? Uh, I would be very never look away. No, I, I would I would say never there look is a chance. Caleb Deschanel. Yeah, and that was the name. They might think it's Manuel Lubezki and not realize <laughs> it. Just going to say <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I would say Hidden Life is also in the conversation as a, oh, wow, we should have seen that coming. Why did we not, you know, kind of uh, pick. Hey, everyone. I'm Aaron. And I'm Patrick. And together we host the Feelin' Film Podcast, a show that focuses more on the emotional takeaway from a movie experience rather than its technical merit. Yes, sir. Talking about what we love about film and focusing less on the critical side of things makes for a very entertaining and enjoyable discussion. New episodes drop every Monday morning. And you can catch them on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and many other podcasting networks. You can also find out more about the show at feelinfilm.com. In the meantime, as we say on the show, stay positive and keep feeling film. Best original screenplay. Uh, we're all predicting Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. After that, it gets a little shaky. 
Uh, so, Michael, what do you have? Okay, here's another No Guts, No Glory category. I have The Farewell and Pain and Glory. It's not a bad call. He has been nominated here before, so there is precedent. He's won here before. Yes, yeah. yes. See, I think Knives Out is a lock, and I think I have Farewell in that fifth spot, but I think that one's a more vulnerable one. I would say if that's the safe five, Knives Out and Farewell, rounding it out. Yeah, yeah which yeah, is what I have. That's what I have. Yeah, I, mean, I think Farewell is much more of a written film than a directed film. Yeah. Should we be reading into Booksmart getting WGA and BAFTA? It's no. my number six. Um, uh, you know, just- I, it's, it's, you know it, it was basically it got in because uh, Hollywood and Farewell weren't eligible. Yeah, it would be a nice surprise, but I'm but not predicting it. Getting in at BAFTA was pretty significant, I think, because, I mean, it seemed fairly out of their wheelhouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason it's my number six. If it was just WGA, I would not be thinking about it. Matt, do you have Uncut Gems here? <laughs> I, guys, the screenplay, the writer's branch of the Academy does things like a separation. They do things like uh, 20th Century Women. They they do pretty inspiring picks from time to time. That's why I love them. I yeah I I, I do have uncut gems getting in over the farewell. Wow, I did, totally plausible. I mean, yeah. going with the safe five just doesn't seem right for a uh, for the writers branch. I will I <laughs> totally agree with yeah. you there. So Matt, not to spoil the rest of your predictions, but do you have farewell getting any other nominations? I do. You do? Okay. I have it getting one nomination. See, I think if it's three potentials, this is the safest, personally. Believe it or not, I actually think there's another category that's more safe than us, actually. Ooh. I'm not kidding. Like, it's very weird, but uh, hopefully my reasoning makes sense later. Uh, so, Amanda and Will, uh, do you think 1917 will prevail here? That'll be a major show of strength for it, obviously. Agreed. It yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think the one to watch out for... Uh, is uncut gems actually yeah. <laughs> but uh you know because i because otherwise i don't even know what is like another movie in contention other than all the ones we just mentioned i yeah. guess 4v ferrari maybe but yeah probably not um, I'm, um, i mean, I mean I'm, by nature of it being a you know, best picture contender and that's like there, there's know, just something it. literally about marriage story once upon a time parasite knives out in the farewell that like like josh said it's just not sitting right with me like it just doesn't feel it's never that easy yeah, especially with the writer's branch. Right. So I admire that Michael's taking a big swing here. I admire uh, Matt Neglia is taking a big swing here. Um, <laughs> okay. Oh, good. that yeah. Matt is so great. Yeah. Oh, my God. He is such a he's a great guy. Do you guys know him? Anyway, uh, let's move over to best adapted screenplay, which feels a little bit more locked and solid. Uh, we all have Irishman. Jojo Rabbit, Little Women, and the Two Popes getting in. Um, the only person to divert, and I've spoken to her about this <laughs> because I because I I needed to know if this was a just a like unwillingness to happen sort of pick or if she really had reasoning behind it. But Nicole is picking a beautiful day in the neighborhood to get in over Joker, which is what the rest of us are all thinking is going to happen. And her reasoning is it got a WGA nomination. But that was just at the expense of the two popes, right? That's the general logic? Correct. Not yeah. to sorry, Nicole. <laughs> no. I mean, look, I would love for it to happen, but you know, I this is one place where I do have to be very realistic and yeah. you know, Joker just has 
really not missed anything. I mean, it's been very consistent in getting nominated, and it just really feels like this, more so than original screenplay, this is the consensus that it's just hard to divert from. I agree. Yep. The one to watch out for is Dark Waters. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that if there was just a little bit more time in this season, I really think Just Mercy could have made a play. Agreed. Yeah, that that release date didn't do it any favors. Yeah. And it did okay this weekend. It didn't flop like the other Warner Brothers releases, but it didn't really soar either. It did 10 million. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a very well-liked movie, and I, I just really feel like if we had a little bit more time, this could have been like, in that extremely loud and incredibly close spot where we don't really see it coming, but it just strikes a chord with people. But I just don't think it has the runway to do it this year. Yeah, I think it really needed a mid-November opening day to get the traction. I I just don't see how we could see any surprises in adapted screenplay. I think all the surprises could happen in original. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. Now watch the surprise happen. (laughs) (laughs) It always happens. Supporting actor. We're all predicting the two Irishmen, Pacino and Pesci, and Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. All right. The other three people in contention are Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes, and Song Kang Ho for Parasite. I I feel like there's another surprise lurking. Uh, Yeah, there's something that's... I agree with you. I, I have... I don't have Hopkins, but I have the other two. I, there's something I don't know who would be the weird surprise that's not Song King Hao, but I, I'm getting that feeling, and I don't know who it would be though. Honestly, my the person I was going to say watch out for this person in this category is uh, Jamie Fox. Yeah, he's right Possibly. there. Yeah. Sag is a big yeah. tell. I have what Casey just said with Hanks and Song King Ho rounding it all out, but I would not be stunned. And Matt, you're going to say I'm totally crazy. You know where I'm going with this. I would not be stunned if Tom Hanks, even after that Golden Globe speech, fell out in favor of Alan Alda. Alan Alda. Yep. And you're going to say yep. it. <laughs> you are crazy. Or even <laughs> Sam Rockwell, Jojo Rabbit. That See, now that's less either. crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I would I would venture to say that there may be a surprise with Taika Waititi. That's a little less crazy to me. Uh, eh. No, that's crazy to me. Sam Rockwell makes more sense because of just the uh, the, the love the fest over the last yeah. two yeah. years. And, yeah. and, and he's got the track record. Right. Song Kang-ho feels very much like that acting nominee that doesn't land anywhere in the lead up. Mm-hmm. And Oscars just throw him in like Jonah Hill and Wolf of Wall Street or uh, Maria de Tavira Maria last de year with uh, Roma. The thing is he yep. actually does have more than them because he got the SAG Ensemble nomination. He just wasn't eligible for the individual category there. Sure. Yeah, and they have a ton of critics prizes. And Neon, to their credit, have focused their entire campaign around him of that ensemble, yes. which was yeah. a smart he's move. Out, yeah, he's out and in the ballot. He's been around in a lot of Q&As later. with Bong lately, not just for Parasite, but they've been doing a lot of retrospectives at different major theaters and he's been coming with him because he's been in most of his movies so yeah. you know no piercer and all that. i also have a hard time putting anthony hopkins in and then not having price in i can't i and i've seen the movie and i just can't imagine doing that not to discredit anthony hopkins but i don't see how you leave that movie and pick him over price personally so i'm like i can't go with that I think it's just well, a matter of categories being less or more competitive it's kind of yeah, like um yeah. out of yeah. driver last year with black Clansman. Uh, yeah, that's what yeah. I chalk it up to because supporting. But, but this more so uh, that I mean, I get what you're saying there, Cody, in regards to the competitiveness of the category. But this is a two-hander movie. 
You know what I mean? It's like one of those things where I, I don't know how you don't, if you're picking one, how you don't bring the other along with them, you know? Well, that's a little bit why I'm not predicting him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm the, same, I'm, the, I'm the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I, I really hate it when it's like Pitt and Hopkins. It's really category fraud. Hmm. Well, I'm going with uh, actually a, a Hank Smith because why bet against history? <laughs> Plus, he just would be very likely the only nominee for his movie, and that is usually a recipe for disaster. I'm looking at Chalamet last year, even if he hit all the major guilds. Yeah. I think that Golden Globe speech did something. It yeah, did I'm not predicting to miss, but I I, that would be the reasoning if he did. For that to happen right during the middle of the voting was, I think, pretty substantial. Yeah. Plus, yeah. maybe, maybe the whole like, oh, we keep missing him thing will actually work in his favor. Yeah, I don't know if the not the narrative is out there in Hollywood as much as as it was with like DiCaprio when he finally won. But I mean, people are definitely talking about it. Also, too, how do you not nominate Mr. Rogers? <laughs> they didn't last year. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> it's very easy. Yeah, they're very good at it. <laughs> oh man, my thing about Alan Alda is that even though he has oh Michael, you're still anywhere, on this. <laughs> I, I am because I'm I'm not, I'm going down with the ship here. I'm not making him my official prediction, but I just feel it on my bones that something's gonna happen with him. He got in for the Aviator when he didn't have any precursors. He's a presence in this movie that you want to be around, and he's quietly been working that circuit. He was at everything from Telluride up until now. He does the podcast. He shows up to the parties. He's a lovable person. He's battling Parkinson's, and people just want to you know be around him and show their support. I just feel like we're, we shouldn't be writing this off. He's my but number my, nine, I, Michael. So it's not my, it wouldn't be absolutely crazy. But I think if marriage story was maybe in the top three, I would buy that argument. I a agree. Little bit more. Yeah. It's yeah. just yeah. the fact yeah. that yeah, it just doesn't have the best picture heat right now to really like coattail him in there. That's my concern. Yeah. That would mean it was getting is. all four acting nomina- nominations or acting categories, which is crazy hard. But Hey, you know what guys, Jackie Weaver. Never exactly. forget. Yeah. Which was uh, like number three of the year for Best Picture of the Year. <laughs> so. Right. And, and if Marriage Story had still been, you know, two or three, I probably would have put him in the five over Tom Hanks, which is, I have him at like seven right now. So. No, no, I get it. He's your watch out for this. I, I, I understand. Yeah. I get it. Now, Matt, are you like officially, officially giving up on Willem Dafoe? Uh oh. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yes. He's my number eight. If that shows up, can I, I'll be, we'll be able to hear Matt screaming from LA. <laughs> yes. like, so Will and I are actually going to video record uh, our reactions tomorrow morning. Oh, that's um, you will see a reaction from me if he lands in this category, believe me. Um, I don't think it's happening. I have yep. absolutely no reason to believe that it is happening. I am not predicting it. I'm not even going to say I hope for it to happen because I've given up all hope. So I... Yeah, it's not happening. All right. Let's move on to supporting actress. Um, so that this way I can just move away from my depression. Uh, <laughs> we're all predicting Laura Dern for Marriage Story and Margot Robbie for Bombshell. You know, I would really love to see Margot Robbie get in for Hollywood instead. Nope. I, I'm sorry. I can't agree. I can't, I can't agree with you on that. Just move, just move past it. Just move yeah, past we're, it. We're, <laughs> I think there's an iota of a chance. I, I think there's a more likely chance, Michael, that she splits the vote and misses all together in a shocking snub than her getting in for Hollywood over Bombshell. Just saying. BAFTA, 
you know, set a little bit of precedent. But they, they have uh, they have rules which allow for you to get double nominated. Here they don't. So I'm just saying there is support for that performance lingering in there as well. Sure, but I also just think that the season has coalesced around her bombshell performance too. And I do have her in for bombshell. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, like. She she's over there with Alan Alda sitting in the corner waiting to make a move. If she gets in for Hollywood, it's winning Best Picture, like no doubt. Yeah. Who yeah. I need to know, guys. Who is predicting the Lopez snub? That's me. Oh Michael. <laughs> <laughs> oh Michael. I mean, it's not crazy. No, it that Bafton miss I, I think literally gave us all the ammunition that we will ever need to predict her snub. Plus, sole nomination for film. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, to me, that that I'm sure thing. there are members of the actors branch who are not fans. More who probably didn't even watch the movie. I I will say the logic I usually use um, for predicting people for like first time nominations who have been kind of on the outside of the prestige for their career. I usually only apply that to wins rather than nominations. Like they usually get the nomination. People like, like Sylvester Stallone, Stallone and, and Creed. Murphy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Lopez feels a lot like Stallone and Creed to this year. Yeah. yeah. That's the only way they're similar. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've really, really come around. Uh, I mean, listen, I've, I was saying this way super early in the season, but I, 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 I want to reiterate Florence Pugh is in. I have her. I don't feel good about it. I think yep. she's speaking at the right time. I mean, I think that she's everywhere and I think that it feels like the thing to do do it also i think makes more sense than a lot of other people and i think that little women is doing progressively better as the season goes on yeah she's also had such a breakout year which has been really helpful i i'm, I'm more with michael I'm, I'm a little shaky on her i got her but I, i'm not quite sure about it yeah i'm not like a hundred percent sold of like yes yeah, she's in she's a lock but i feel like with her profile rising at the right moment it feels like she is in I, I think without um, Midsummer, um, it would have been less. Yeah, I agree. But with that, she's having, I think, a Jessica Chastain, Alicia Vikander year. Yeah. 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 Um, Scarlett Johansson, Jojo Rabbit, double nominee on the night. That's the one I'm the shakiest on. Yeah, yeah. I have it, but I'm not confident in it in the slightest. Well, but I can't reason with myself anybody else in that fifth slot. And it, exactly I was like, well, me. she got SAG and BAFTA. It's my reasoning, well. too. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. So she's my number three. Oh, that high. Yeah, I do have her that high. Now, remember, I don't have J-Lo, so, you know, uh, okay. that's how she ended up there. But for, for her, I just feel like she is, I don't want to say the heart of that movie, because that movie really does have a lot of heart. But she is definitely a big takeaway when you leave that movie. You are really invested in her character. That is true. Agreed. And you know. for people like me who didn't necessarily love the movie, I've heard a lot that like she's the one thing that they still like about it. And I, so I, I can see people rallying around it like that. Now, Michael, you have Zhao Shuzhen. I do. I do too. Oh, Rebecca, you do too. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, you do. Um, I admire both of you for your courage for this. I I can't see it happening. Me either. Because here's the thing, I can only see it happening if Farewell gets in in all the other categories, AKA picture, screenplay, and actress. Yeah, I just feel like that, at least like I feel better predicting, 
Aquafina because she won the Globe than I do Zhao Shizun getting in, having getting what? Did she get Critics' Choice? Is that she got Critics' Choice, and that's it. it. Yeah. So it's like I just yeah, and I think it's just based off a of feeling where I'm just like I don't see it there, and I feel like the campaign for that movie, while yeah, they've tried to have her out there, I just don't think it's enough. She is such a delight though when she's in town and talking to the press and yeah. making the rounds. I, I just feel like people see that movie and it, it just sticks in their heart. The one to watch out for is Nicole Kidman for Bombshell. I don't know. Mm, just I have because a different that SAG one to watch out for. Uh, yeah, yeah, but SAG, you know, they, they, they're hit or miss sometimes. And I know that got ensemble, but I, I think that was right before the movie opened now that it did open and not do so well. Here's well. the thing, though. Here's the thing. In terms of someone to watch out for, it's either her, Annette Benning, or Kathy Bates, and Bombshell, to me, from an Academy-friendly type of movie standpoint, um, it just makes the most sense in terms of what they might have popped into their player uh, to watch. My one to watch out for isn't any of them. Oh, who? Ready? Yeah. Cho Yo Zhang from Parasite. Yeah, that would be... I would be ready to say Parasite's winning Best Picture if that happened. That would be pretty insane to me. I think the problem, though, with Parasite is that there are just so many different answers for who is your preference in the supporting actress category that I think it's just going to split. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's so many different women who are so good in it that it's going to be tough to center on one, unlike Song. Yeah, where he's he's the one guy you can go for. Yeah. If Lopez misses, I will be incredibly upset. Yeah. So will she. Yeah, because honestly, she really wants it this year. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not saying I hope she misses. I actually like her quite a bit in the movie. I just have my doubts about it actually happening. Yeah, she had, she was here a couple of days ago for the festival, and the delight on her face and all of this stuff happening for her was just heartwarming. And I'm so happy, and I'm really kind of hoping she gets you know goes all the way to at least a nomination. Ask Adam Sandler and he'll tell you, it's nice when people like your work for a change. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, best actor. Oh, boy. Oh, my Lord. Okay, here we go. We're all predicting DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Taron Egerton for Rocketman, and Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. Holy shit. Oh, so, Matt, you're back on DiCaprio getting in now. I yeah. Let me put it to let me if I may really quick. Um, I want to say for the record that if any one of those four that I just mentioned is missing, I think it is DiCaprio. And people have told me I'm crazy. He is a lock. There is absolutely no way. I can't help but feel that the fact that he just won on his last movie. Um, I, he feels to me very strongly like, oh, DiCaprio, he's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. People are going to vote for him. Um, we just gave him an Oscar recently. I'll put my vote towards this other person that's more of the passion pick. He feels out of the four that we mentioned just now, um, the most likely person that I could see most voters doing that too. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, he's still in, obviously, in my lineup, but I do think that of those four, he is the most vulnerable for me, at least, the uh, two locks are Driver and Phoenix. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think Egerton finally solidified himself uh, when he won the Globe. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. It was a good speech. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
And honestly, out of every single person this year in this category, nobody has shook more hands and kissed more babies than Taron Egerton. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think if it were not for Rami Malek winning last year, he probably would be in a good position to win himself. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So here's what I think you all have to reason with yourself uh, with in this category right now. You need to decide a couple of different things for that fifth slot. Okay? You need to decide, one, do you think Antonio Banderas or Jonathan Price is getting their first nomination? Uh, the other thing is, do you think Christian Bale is that beloved within the industry that he can, without very, very little heat, you know, kind of come along with his film? Which he's done before. Which he has done before. <laughs> um, and then the other thing you have to consider, does De Niro get in if in case if Irishman is the nomination leader? Because there is a, a trend of the film with the most nominations, if it has a male lead that is in the hunt for a Best Actor uh, nomination, they typically do tend to come along. Um, and then the other question is, are you predicting Sandler to just be like the up the middle, holy crap, this is how I win, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, it, it, there are so many ways this can go. And I, I yeah, there's a world, there is a world where I, I genuinely do think one of those four, those top four, I think are gonna miss because the passion that I get a sense of for so many contenders in this category is all over the place. And oh my God, I haven't even mentioned Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough category. I mean, right now I'm still sticking with Antonio Banderas coming in there. Him missing BAFTA wasn't great, but I still feel like there's a lot of passion for that performance and the narrative around that role and I just still think that he'll get in. I don't have him quite as high as I used to, but I, he's still in my predictions. Yeah. yeah, Banderas feels like Willem Dafoe last year, which was like, oh, and then Agreed. it was like, oh, I guess that makes sense. The art house pick. <laughs> Granted, yeah. last year was a weaker year for this category. This is a very shockingly, surprisingly strong year for this category, which is un you know, not typical. Nope. Uh but it just kind of feels like a Best Actor nomination. Yeah. I buy yeah. Banderas getting in more so than Price because, quite honestly, I don't think Price has done a really good job on the campaign trail this year. No. Yeah. Well, is he in a play? Yeah. Isn't he in a play right now? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Chorus yeah. Line in Spain. The chorus line in Spain. And then he left to fly here to do Palm Springs and then the Golden Globes and then Critics' Choice. Um, so, I mean, he's late in coming in. But that's because of things happening. Um, yeah, but I, but isn't Jonathan Price isn't he doing a play? I, oh yes, he's doing one as well. Well, he yeah. just finished one on Broadway, but um, I think it's closed. But he's not doing a whole lot of campaigning. No, and I, like I said, I think that he's just he's not. I I just don't know if people like him uh, the same way that they like like the way we like him as you know what I'm saying. Like like people in the industry. I mean. You know, I think they respect him, but I don't know if they like him. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how beloved Christian Bale is in the industry. I mean, she, he has he's had some flare ups on sets and things like that. So he's um, supposedly very difficult. Um, that actor. Yeah, but actors love him. 
They do. They do. And it doesn't begrudge his work in Ford v. Ferrari, which is true. They love, they love him for the same reason they love Joaquin Phoenix. They love the fact that he is no bullshit in terms of the way that he just conducts himself. Yep. He's very much about the work. And he doesn't do the song and dance. You yeah, know what I mean? he's a, he's the kind of actor that a lot of actors like to think they are. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah the, the big question I think is De Niro. I I yeah. still like I I just I like this this category being this competitive. It is shocking to me that De Niro is giving literally his best work in twenty five years, and he's not a lock in this category. It boggles you know? the mind that he is not a lock here. It, it really does. Power that movie alone. It, it speaks to the strength of the category. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's like Tom Hanks and Captain Phillips style snub. Yeah. I, I think so too. Um, with that said, I'm going to predict Joaquin, Driver, Egerton, Ben Darris. And I am going to say DiCaprio because that is definitely um, the most logical thing to do. However, so you and I align. If if anyone is missing, I do believe it's him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean that's the five I'm going with. But if you are looking for somebody to drop, I mean DiCaprio is is a likely miss. I don't think he's gonna miss. Yeah, a lot of people don't. <laughs> I don't see that happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, certainly the one thing that also helps DiCaprio is the position that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is in right now. That it is the top three contender and could very well win and that certainly does help his chances also and that's that's yeah. that's the yeah. same logic i'm using with De Niro, which is which film gets the more nominations on the day irishman or once upon a time in hollywood yeah well i mm-hmm. i would argue that once upon a time in hollywood is going to get more nominations and is just in a better position to win also i think that helps yeah yeah and and parasite has really no actor or actress contenders and that kind of clears the way for another spot for folks. So um, I think that uh, DiCaprio was pretty safe. <sighs> Adam, Adam Sandler, my man, the Sandman. I wish. Oh. I wish. He's so good. Yeah. We'll see. Best actress. We're all predicting Scarlett Johansson and Renee Zellweger. Michael, who do you got? I'm actually, you know, Pretty aligned with, I think, everyone else here. I've got Scarlett, Renee, Sersha. I'm sticking with Charlize, even though I think she's in jeopardy. But I have her in there for now. And I also have Cynthia Erivo, who I also think is on thin ice. But I don't know who else to put in above her. So, yeah, we're sticking with that consensus. And we'll see what happens. I'm the bold person that has Scarlett Renee, Sersha, Charlie's missing for, and then Aquafina and Lupita. I have the exact same, but instead of Lupita, I have Cynthia. I just think that we're due for a shocking snub, and Charlize is my one for this year, who mm-hmm. hits every precursor, um, and then doesn't make it in. And um, and I have Sersha missing. Is there is there is there any uh, is there a reason behind that one, Tom? Um. I think it's seen as more of an ensemble than a star vehicle. And, and, I, and I think that Aquafina and Charlize and um, Arrivo are more front and center in their movies. So and that's why I'm going to go that way. The reason I'm sticking with Charlize, even though I really do feel like she can miss, is because I feel like in the years that she has last been nominated. She was nominated in 2005 for North Country. It feels like she's a new actress now post Mad Max. 
like people have rediscovered her in a new way and she's up there with like the Christian Bales or just some of the best actors you have in the industry, but she hasn't yet had the role to push her into Oscar territory until now. And I think another thing that helps Charlize Theron is that she is kind of tied to the film's makeup, obviously. And when people are going to be voting for that to win, I think they're also going to be thinking about her performance tied to it. And that's going to help her. It's part of the reason why I have her in. Um, even though I do feel very uncomfortable about it. I, I, I feel awful doing this, but I took out Lapita. Yeah. And I, I have Aquafina as the lone nomination for the farewell. I do too. That that's what I have. And I, I don't feel good about that. I feel like her getting in is still very shaky, but I do feel like there's still love for the farewell. And if it's going to coalesce around an acting category, I really do feel like Aquafina is in a good position to do it. See, yeah, I, the Globe speech really Aquafina helped him, sure. Yeah, I should have her there after the screenplay prediction and the Zhao Shushen prediction and the Globes win. It just does make sense. But at the same time, does the Academy really want to snub Harriet Tubman? No, they're, they're going to reward her in song. <laughs> uh, I guess. Yeah. And she, she got SAG. I know she didn't get BAFTA, but she got SAG. She got Globes. Yeah, SAG I mean, she's really definitely in the hunt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about nominations because I think Zellwerker is going to definitely get in. But I'm not sure. I think she may be the shakiest of the four categories uh, as far as the win goes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I yeah. It, well, in the sense that, like, for example, if uh, she loses at any one of the uh, major televised awards, yeah, I, I could see momentum shifting very quickly. Yeah. The question is, does, you know, who gets the momentum from that? For another podcast episode. Oh, <laughs> all right. Teaser. Best director. We're all predicting Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, Sam Mendes for 1917, and Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. Who the hell has Scorsese missing? Someone. I don't. <laughs> I don't think it's any of us. So. No one All right, good, podcast. good. I was going to say. I know who, but I'm not throwing them under the bus. He's oh, for sure I know who it is. He's for sure the shakiest of the top four, but I mean, it's fucking Scorsese. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I still think he Too gets much it. respect. Yeah. I've noticed that a lot of you have come around to the idea that Greta Gerwig is getting in. I want to ask you all a very, very unfair question. Yeah, I know what you're going to ask. <laughs> Are you predicting this? because you are willing it to happen? Or do you really, really believe this is going to happen? And if you believe it is going to happen, do you think it is because of the backlash? So my reasoning is, (laughs) yeah, I mean, my reasoning is this. I, yes, I loved the movie. Um, Yes, I did not like Joker and Jojo Rabbit, who are like the two people waiting around the outside. My thinking is, the DGA Globes and BAFTA rarely align five for five with the Oscars. It's been like over 10 years since DGA and like decades since BAFTA and Golden Globes did. So you have to figure there's going to be somebody there who's not going to make it unless you're predicting a stats like history change, which happens, obviously. I just think when it's um, that tight for the last spot. Little Women is searching at just the right time. And yes, there is a lot of talk right now about how it's going to be disappointing when this year, especially there's no female best director nominees. Um, that's not to take away from the merit of the nomination, but that will definitely be contributing uh, factor. So that's my thinking. 
And yeah. I certainly get that, yes, uh, Joker has done very well in the guilds and its, and its precursors, and Phillips has shown up in many places. But I also think that when you're talking about this director's branch, that there could be a sentiment that for this very elitist group that loves to go for like art house choices a lot of the times that they don't want to go for the guy who still directed the hangover movies. And, you know, if you're a big studio guy, sometimes that does still work against you like Peter Farrelly last year, you know, even to a certain extent, Bradley Cooper last year as well. And I still think like, yes, I will admit there is a bit of hope that goes into my prediction, but I do wrap it around some, previous logic that i'm applying to as well also yeah. she is a former nominee which is not true of taika waititi and todd phillips and they do like to reward former nominees granted there's a lot more narrative than just that obviously but that's, and she would that be would the help. first woman to be a yeah. nominee here yeah. mm-hmm. and she would deserve I, yeah. it yeah absolutely just, yeah no uh, it's, a, it's a deserving nomination for sure and i do believe that you know i was talking with will about this uh earlier I was like, are we going to forever look at this as, oh, she got in because the world willed it to happen due to fear of bad press and so on and so forth? And the more we talked about it, the more we kind of came to the conclusion of, no, like, she does deserve it. And it is a great film. And um, I do think that that conversation will never go away, unfortunately. Like, it, it will be somewhat tainted a little bit. But... I do think that when you look at the lineup and you look at this year as a whole in general, she is one of the best directors of this year for that movie, hands down. It's not a pity 100%, vote. which is a shame that I'm not predicting her. <laughs> my big swing, once again, completing my trifecta of three nominations, I think the art house kooky director's pick uh, nominee will be the Safdie brothers for Uncut Gems. Matt and I are going to drive off the cliff Thelma and Louise style, but just in different cars. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, so. I'm, I'm going with worst case scenario, and so I'm picking Phillips, only because if it's anybody but Todd Phillips, I'll be thrilled. And Michael, your um, car that you're driving off with me on is uh, Pedro Almodovar, yes. right? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Pedro Almodovar, Pain and Glory. Previous nominee, let's do it. They love him. Yeah. I mean, I'm already emotionally preparing myself for Todd Phillips, but I, you know, here's what I take. Here's what I take comfort in. I I take comfort in the fact that that's a better directed movie than it is a written movie. Uh, Okay. Sure. But it's (laughs) still getting in. So the writing is pretty awful. I want to clarify that I, if and probably when. Taika Waititi and or Todd Phillips gets in it will make a lot of sense and I will not be surprised or even like shocked but I I am predicting Gerwig for the reasons I laid out oh yeah I'm not going to be surprised by those outcomes exactly and it will all make sense like there'll the reasons will be out there on the paper will have you know will they gave us all the clues it will have made sense Mr. Policeman (laughs) um the one to watch out for here if it gets a corresponding cinematography nomination, watch out for Celine Sciamma. Oh my god, I can't, I cannot hope that much. I, it's not a hope. It's not a hope thing. It's just I, I, I think about years prior, and I'm just trying to apply logic to a shocking development in this category, yeah. and that is the thing that, like, if she gets, if that movie gets that cinematography nomination, I definitely could see a world where. Like I said, the director's branch of the Academy likes to throw us a curveball, you know? 
I mean, if man, if she can get nominated, I would say give give best picture to Joker if she could just get nominated. I would even take that trade off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'd be pretty unheard of just in terms of like history. I mean, when was the last time somebody was not nominated for foreign language but nominated for director? Like, My Life as a Dog in the eighties is the most recent I can think of off the top of my head. Mm. I don't know. All uh, right, best picture time. Surprisingly, a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. But somehow that's how the race shakes up, you know? 1917, yeah. Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite. Now, the way I, I want to be very clear about this. Our predictions, we list 10. Um, my question to everyone is, do we think it's going to be eight or nine nominees? Nine. Nine. I think nine. Nine. Yeah, I think it's going to be nine. I There's just too much well. consensus um, buzz around all nine of the ones we just listed that like none none of those feels especially weak. I agree. Yeah. So farewell, knives out, two popes. Uh, much as I love it, I'm I'm dropping knives out. I have the two popes in the tenth slot, but it's really just like it doesn't really matter. It's yeah. not gonna it's not gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. Like, you have it in there just to be like, if it does sneak in, you had it in a slot anyway. But, yeah, you're number 10. Like, that's never going to get nominated. So, yeah. I have the farewell in the 10th slot uh, because even though I only have Aquafina getting in, I think it does stand a chance to get Zhao Shuzhen, screenplay. So, if the love for that movie is more than I expect it to be, uh, that could definitely happen. I think Uncut Gems is maybe a more likely 10th spot than that. I was going to say that was my uh, watch yeah. out for this pick because it did surprise at Critics' Choice, which I did not see coming at all. Get to director, maybe vaguely. Yeah. And, and it's such a hit. Yeah, surprisingly yeah. so. The only problem is that I know a lot of people that just don't like the movie. Yeah. So it has that working against it. Yeah. Well, don't talk to them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right, guys, that's it. That's our uh, Oscar nomination predictions. Holy hell. Probably best picture was the least <laughs> discussion. <Yeah. laughs> yes. Well, you know, it is. Like I said, you know, when you uh, when the season's been building up to this this entire time, it kind of starts to crystallize after a while. So, yeah, it's been such a consensus. It kind of feels like. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, next week uh, we will be. Talking about the Oscar uh, nominations, we'll be giving SAG predictions, um, predictions for other guilds too. Uh, it'll be right before I leave for Sundance. Um, we will be doing a Oscar uh, nomination reactions episode tomorrow. I'll coordinate with you guys uh, when would be a good time to do that. I do know that Will and I do plan on discussing them like immediately. So if you guys can join, great. If you can't, you know, I understand it's early in the morning and some of you have work. So, but we'll, we'll have something up in regards to that. So, yeah. Um, Michael, uh, before we go, uh, I know you probably already said it before, but what is your no guts, no glory? Adrian, best director. Okay. Casey? Lupita, an actress. Rebecca? Uh, Aquafina, an actress. Cody? Charlie's missing best actress. Oh, Jesus. Tom? Shows us in in supporting actress. Parm. Uh, I'm also going to say Aquafina for actress. Uh, and I'm going to say uh, Safdie's just somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. I, like, I, I just have this feeling. Once again, it could be an East Coast thing, you know. Um, 
I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people on the West Coast where, for example, Irishman is very beloved on the East Coast. It is not liked on the West Coast. Nope. And there's a lot of that going on this year, and I wonder if Safties are a part of that. So I might be getting uh, you know wrong signals from people, so you never know. In any event, we'll know tomorrow morning. I will see you all super bright and early. I'm off to the Critics' Choice Awards. Look for me on TV, you guys. Mm-hmm. And just remember, let's just try to be calm tomorrow morning and be cool. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's what it is. There you go. Oh, my God. I could not think of a more perfect way to end this than that. It's what it is. <laughs> there you go. Michael, where can I find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at mschwartz95. Casey Lee Clark. You can find me on Twitter at Casey Lee Clark. Rebecca Daniel. You can go to my website, showmethemovies.net, or on Twitter at RebeccaDaniel95. Tom O'Brien. I am on Twitter at Thomas E. O'Brien. Cody Derricks. You can find me everywhere at CodyMouse91 and check out my horror movie podcast. We're at Halloweeners Pod. And Todd Phillips' number one fan, Josh Parham. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can find me just saying all, one, all kinds of wonderful things about Todd Phillips on Twitter at J.R. Parham. And you can find me in Next Best Picture. Once again, I apologize to everyone for not having the MVP Film Community Award nominations uh, for today's episode. I promise you that they will be revealed uh, this week and ballots will be able to be cast for that. Um, I also uh, will have a weekly poll put up, probably actually post Oscar nominations. I think it'll be fun to do a weekly poll, probably uh, tied into that. And uh, yeah, thank you all so much for just following us throughout the season. Thank you so much for putting up with me and my uh, hungover uh, voice this morning. And yeah, like I said, just be respectful. Be nice to each other online. It's going to get a little contentious no matter what. But like, let's just try to be cool, you know, tomorrow and uh, have a great week. Uh, I can't wait for people to listen to this on Tuesday and find out how wrong we were about everything. It should be fun. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Play, FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always. We shall see you all post-Oscar nominations next time.